what up, everybody? I need what to up? check my notifications. Yeah, let's see if the notifications are coming in. Happy Friday to everybody. I want to see something. I ain't something. been getting them. You ain't been getting them? Like, when you upload, like, when you be chopping and screwing the videos, that's what I call it. I, I call it the DJ screw when you chop up the video and you screw it up. I call it the, the, the DJ screw. I was like, well, Mike <laughs> chops and screws the videos. I get those alerts, but I haven't been getting the alerts for the live shows for, like, the last three or four. And it's like, well, am I not a member of this platform anymore? Well, let's see. Have I been elevated? to a status. Let's where see I what's going on. Uh, well, you got people coming in. Are y'all getting the notifications? Because I turned my phone off. You know what I'm saying? I think people are getting their notifications. Coming on in the room, coming on in the room. I want to go ahead and make sure that we get everything that we need in the room so we can get the discussion started. How's your Friday going, Coop? When I left California roughly 15 years ago, it'll be closer to 16 now. Mm -hmm. Before my daughter was born, I left for three reasons. The first reason was my ex-wife was pregnant with our daughter, who is now 15 going on 16. Second reason is tied to the first reason, the cost of living. Okay, so what I'm paying for a house is what I was paying for a one-bedroom apartment 15 years ago in Orange County, California. But number three is traffic. And I... And, 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 and number two and number three are becoming extremely problematic here in Atlanta. Cost of living and traffic is turning very California-esque. And I'm going to tell you something. This place doesn't have the marijuana, the women, or the water to be charging these type of prices or having this type of traffic and think that niggas like me is about to stay. I'm not staying here. For well, this. you know, the cost of living is crazy everywhere. I mean, yeah. I'm not staying here know, for this. Go to California. If I want to deal with psycho cost of living, though, I'm going to go somewhere where literally there are hundreds of beaches at my disposal. Daily. Well, it's, it's even there higher there. There are hundreds there, of though. dispensaries <laughs> at my disposal daily. But it's even higher there. You know, got to get. <laughs> The, the wood prices the, and the boss out there though I paid it once. It's different. It's it's, it's different. higher than I what know. it was. <laughs> I know it's, it's higher than what it was. What I'm Look, saying is those, those tariffs and those uh, sanctions on other countries and stuff that our leaders in Washington are making uh, decisions on. Yeah, they hit everybody's pockets. I'm going to tell you what. You know the, the number cost one of thing wood and lumber. And all that stuff. That's, that's, that's that bullshit, first of all. It is that's what it that is. Bullshit. Gas prices are going to affect everything because everything that's that bullshit. we receive comes from a truck, right? Those things take gasoline. That's chain supply. Are you talking about the chain supply? Or are you talking about the actual transaction of the movement of it? Like what you're The talking, movement you're of talking everything. About? Everything. So this is what I mean about paying the cost to be the boss. It's like, okay, so if resources and finances are going to be dilapidated to a degree because of the games that we play, then let it be where the players play. Going back to Cali, strictly for the weather, women, and the weed, sticky green, no seeds, bitch, please. I know he wrote that. I know he wrote that because I lived that. I know he wrote that because I lived that. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, so well, Cali speaking of which, man, Wiz put out an album today. We're gonna talk Cali about got that. Gunplay, models on the runway. That's what I'm saying. People in the room, yo, real quick. 
I wanted to share this conspiracy theory I have uh, as it concerns with Carmelo Anthony. Um, you know, you see these memes going around all the time about people comparing uh, Melo's rookie year to LeBron's rookie year and how Melo got robbed for rookie of the year. Now, what I'm about to say has nothing to do with LeBron, so I don't want the LeBron fans to, you know, come at me because, you know, I, I think LeBron's an incredible talent and was going to be who he was anyway. But I think there was a an effort, a concerted effort by the league possibly to not have Carmelo Anthony play for the Detroit Pistons. Because if Carmelo okay. Anthony coming out of Syracuse, coming from that championship, and Detroit drafts him as they should have, and there's no justification for them not drafting him, he's Magic no, he Johnson. No, no, really. He's he's a person going into a championship situation who's coming off of a NAA, no, NCAA championship and who was effective immediately. Because we don't talk about the fact that that Nuggets team that he got drafted to was in the West. It was a playoff team. They were not a playoff team, Coop. They won 17 games before they drafted this man. No, no, no. I'm saying with yeah. him. Okay. Didn't they make the playoffs yeah. the second year? No, first year. In the I West. thought it was the second year. No. What were they? They were a seed? In the or West. They I were felt like that was the second year that happened. Okay. No, no, no. They okay. were eighth seed. No. Okay. So they I'm went listening. from 17 games to winning, what was it, 43 games, I believe? I'm I thought it was like 41, 42, yeah. Something like Something that. Like that. They were eighth right. seed in the West. And I know I checked. If they were in the East, that team would have been a fourth seed in the East at that time. So Which we're talking about a, ahead of the, Hold on, hold on. Actually, I think that was the thing that I remember. I yeah. believe him and Dwayne Wade's teams, I believe the Miami Heat and Denver Nuggets had comparable records their rookie years. But yeah. Wade was in the East and got a better seed and ended up hitting a game-winning shot. Yeah. But uh, people were talking about, well, the seeding was better because he was in the East and Melo was in the West. Yeah. I Imagine. Affirmative. Imagine if that Melo goes to the Detroit Pistons. He's winning, Dynasty. He's winning a championship early. So already... You know, again, I hate to bring LeBron into this, but already he's credentialized as a champion on a collegiate level and on the NBA level early. Early. That puts LeBron behind the eight ball in comparison to the two. Not to mention, he's going to have to deal with Detroit and Melo in the East. I'll give you you something even greater than that. That actually changes Dwayne Wade's legacy, too. Because I feel like if – how about that? Hold on. Was the Carmelo draft the year after they won the championship or the year after they lost to the Spurs? Because they went to the finals the very next year. Which year is that? Are you talking about Miami? No, no, no. I'm saying the year they drafted Carmelo. Uh Was that the year they won or was that the year that they lost to the Spurs? Because they went back to back. They won the Eastern Conference two straight years. I think they won that year. Two finals, two finals appearances. No, you know what? No, no. I think they – because this was 03. And so – yeah, I think it was the year they won because L.A. won in uh, 2000, 2001, 2002. 2002. This is no, yeah, yeah. So they draft, did. Right? They won 2003, actually. Yeah. Right. And this, so this is the year yeah. after they won. So here's what I'll tell you. If Carmelo's on that team, everybody's legacy is different because here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Will they play the Spurs? 
Well, that doesn't go game seven. Mm-mm. And Rasheed Wallace doesn't make that epic fucking mistake about leaving Robert Ori open like that. Mm-mm. Now, does he? No. Because 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 Carmelo actually would have been the one on Robert Ori and Rasheed Wallace would have been right where he was supposed to be the whole fucking time. You belong on Tim Duncan for the entirety of the series. Whoever the fuck told Rasheed Wallace at any point during the series against the San Antonio Spurs to pay attention to anybody other than Tim Duncan's a fucking idiot. Okay, that was my problem with that series. It's like, why the fuck is he going anywhere else? There's nowhere else for you to go, nigga. That's Tim Duncan in his prime. You don't go anywhere else. So they win that championship. The next year's when Miami Heat and Dwayne Wade and Shaq win the championship. They're not beating that Pistons team either. So mm-hmm. you can take a ring off Tim Duncan. You can take a ring off Shaq. You can take a ring off yeah. Wade. And so you can take Mello gets off- too early. And he not not only gets that, he gets the experience of playing with somebody like Larry Brown, playing with Chauncey Billups. So a lot of the things that they knock Melo for, he wouldn't even have as a player. He would have... He would have all kind of leadership qualities. Well, this is the next thing. Here's what I'm about to tell you is is that, oh, well, he might fuck up KG and Kobe's legacy too because Melo really hit his stride about his third or fourth year. So when those guys are getting old, he's becoming the man. Do you think that that Detroit team and Boston team is going seven games? Because I do. That's a toss-up. You think them Lakers teams and that Detroit team is a toss-up in 08? You think they're beating Orlando? Fuck yeah, they beating Orlando. Kobe's playing that Detroit team in the 08 final. Yeah. Ain't no 4-2 against that team. You ain't 4-2 in that team with Carmelo in his prime and them niggas sitting around there. Inspector said uh, Atlanta can't justify these prices. Definitely not. And I'm sure everybody around there's the There's no water. Mike, there's no fucking water around here. Nah. Well, Even I- New York got water, Mike. Chicago got water. Yep. Cali got water. You know what? This is the thing, Even too, Texas man. Texas and New Orleans got the fucking golf. Texas and New Orleans at least got the golf. Ain't no fucking water, Mike. They charging this. <laughs> what I was going to say, man, I don't believe that this was just singularly on Joe Dumars to pick Melo. I mean, sorry, to pick Darko Milicek over Carmelo Anthony. Management, not even management, the owners. Let's just, be, <laughs> let's just be real. Let's just say you and Which I management? Yeah, that is management, high management. Let's just say you and I own the team, right? And our GM comes to us and say, you know what? I'm drafting Darko Milicek over Carmelo Anthony. We got to sign off on that. No, no, Mike. No, we don't. We're going to... We're We're not going to sign off on that. That's what I'm saying. Joe Dumars, being the legend he is, would never even come to ownership with some bullshit like that. We're going to have a company party, Mike. We're going to serve the owner about seven shots in McAllen 25 year. Going to conveniently push his ass down the steps. He's not going to remember anything. <laughs> Drafting Carmelo after that happens, we hope that he recovers well. Is he coming out of his coma? Is he coming out of the coma? That's cool. We drafted Carmelo while you were asleep, nigga. I'm saying that pick didn't come from Joe Dumars. That pick came from ownership. I think that the fact I that Melo ends up in the West, I think it's even out of LeBron's that. way. I think that came from the league. That's why I was about yeah. to say. I think okay. that came from the league. I'm with you. Because think about this. Think you. about this. Think about this. We got the best draft since 84. And Carmelo, Bosh, Wade, and LeBron all about to be in the East. You think the NBA is okay with that? These are all Hall of Fame. These are all people yeah. that are considered to be Hall of Fame caliber players before they're coming out. You understand? Exactly. How do people even get in that mix? Yep. Like people have to understand. Here's what I mean by how did Darko get into that mix? People forget Dwayne Wade is the one that crept into that mix. Chris Bosch, Carmelo, and LeBron were sure things. You remember Bosch down here at Georgia Tech? Mm-hmm. No, Bosch was the real deal. 
Wash was the second best player in college basketball next to Carmelo for the majority of the year till Wade popped up in the tournament. Mm hmm. No, you're right. Wade showed himself in the tournament. Wade didn't show himself to the tournament, but when he flashed, he flashed hard. We was all like, who the fuck is that? Yeah. Flash, flashed. Jay Show flash, with, the super flash. Uh, with the super chat says, uh, before y'all get into it, what do y'all think the top three to five posse cuts are? Why do you think they don't do them anymore? Peace, guys. What up, Jay Short on the West Coast? What do you I think, think the three to five strongest hip-hop posse cuts are? I'm, I'm a legacy guy, so it's hard to keep the symphony off of there. It's Master Ace, Craig G, Cool G, Rap, and Big Daddy Kane. So when you say posse cut... And it still I sounds feel, very good today. Yes. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Yeah, no. I love Kane's verse, personally. I, I mean, Marley gives the slice. I get nice, and I'm twice as horrifying as Vince and Price. Yeah, G, Rap, and Kane on there... You know, stick a quarter in your ass because you played yourself. No, G-Rap and Kane on there are who we thought they were, Mike. Kane was just you know so cool on there, man. Like, like the level off, is high. It it's like, I mean, yeah. you have to you have to understand, like, MCing in 88, it's like, well, you're not going to get MCing like that on a song outside of KRS and Rakim if you're not, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, so I would say the symphony, I, I'm not as big a fan of the scenario remix as everybody else. What about the regular one? No. I I love them both, but what if I told you the flavor in your ear remix is a better posse cut? I figured you were gonna come with the flavor in your ear remix. I'm not I was, mad at that. I'm not mad at that. Let me ask you this though, because I see a Biggie lot of Smiles uh, is the illest, Mike. I see a lot of great posse cuts in the actual chat. I think oh, Benjamin's yeah. has to be there. That, That's actually something I want to see. I want to see what these motherfuckers say. But I want to ask you though. What do you look for in a posse cut? Do you look for the best bar for bar work on a posse cut? Or do you look for the best song? Because honestly, and I love Tribe. You know how I feel about Tribe. Scenario is not really about the bar work per se. It's not. That's what I yeah. mean, Mike. It's, it's, it's just a great it's song, you know? Right. But, like, you know. How about this? How about this? The, um... The No Curse and the Heavy D posse cut that got Cool G Rap and Kane on it, too. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's a symphony, but, well, G Raps and Kane's bar work isn't as great, even though they're not cursing. It's cool to hear Cool G Rap not curse. Oh, somebody came for me with the Beyonce take, and I want to get the people on that, too. Kedro says, Mike D's looking like Max Kellerman with the Tom Brady going off the cliff with the Beyonce take. Her album bumps. Is that what people are saying? You know what? I haven't fully... what we're saying? <sighs> let's get to one conversation well, no, we we're, we're gonna get to that I, I love that take though because when i heard one of the songs on the album i think it was the one that um rafael sadiq was a part of and um um, um tag what's his name from um from chic i'm tripping you know i'm talking about the bass player one of them elder barge ass niggas no 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 Okay. They're coming to me in a second they're, they're probably gonna tell me in the chat anyway but yeah that record's really dope but as a whole, I mean, I haven't really totally listened to the whole thing, but it's better than I expected. I think that she put out the wrong first single, though, and I think anybody would admit that. Mr. Mill with the Super Chat says, uh, what do you think of the new industry favorite, Quest Love, pushing Beyonce hard? First, he said, Break Your Soul will, uh, will be Song of the Summer. Now he's saying her new album is her off-the-wall moment. Leroy Green laying... <laughs> you said what? Yo, listen. I'm what gonna this set. 
I'm going to say this what respectfully. What did he say? He said this her off the wall moment. He said the uh, break my soul song. Listen, man. Okay, the mushrooms he were doing had him off the wall. That's what happened to him. The mushrooms he was doing. I say this respectfully. I haven't even heard the album, and you better stop that talk. See how niggas be talking now that Mike's not here. You was not talking this way when Mike was here, nigga. You was not. I don't like that, man. I don't. You was not talking compared. You wasn't nobody talking. Mike, I didn't hear anybody talking about Michael Jackson's off the wall with any sort of comparison outside of Prince or Stevie Wondered until Michael Jackson died. What about you? Uh, I'm speechless, man. This and is, barely even that. This is what I want to say. That nigga whack. <laughs> See, you're a Roots fan. And I'm a Roots fan, too, but you're a bigger Roots fan than I am. This I is am. what that I'm going to say. Be quiet. This is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm going to say. Respect. He's a drum player on Baduism, too. Like, he's on Baduism and Mama's Gun. He's all over my all my favorite shit. I don't care. Nigga, shut up. Questlove, I'm going to say this respectfully. Questlove is super boule, and I don't expect him to say anything outside he's of so anything that's agenda-driven. And so uh, mainstream narrative. It right. is what He's it so is. Hollywood. I understand so that. Hollywood. I understand that with your wardrobe, you try to look like the everyday man, but clearly, everything you say is agenda driven mm. and pushing whatever is supposed to be said from the higher brass. That's mm. how I feel. But I again, be- that's when you got to separate the individual from the music and all that stuff, you know. It's unfortunate that you're saying stuff like that. But how yeah. can you? How can you be talking like this? Like nigga, you know better. They know better, you know but better. they do the opposite. Ray right, Wells at the super chat. <laughs> These dudes know music. You understand? I get more yeah. upset about the guys that I know that know music and have yeah. contributed to classic works of music. Like he's not just part of root shit. He's part of D'Angelo shit, Jill yeah. shit, Erica shit. It's like no nigga, you know better. You know all they shit put together ain't better than off the wall. What the fuck are you doing? I don't know what to say. Ray Realms with the super chat says, "I don't know what to say, nigga. Be quiet." The only reason that Darko was high was due to the league chasing after the next dirt. That's fine. But I don't if think you Dirk, look, had, did Dirk have it like that yet. Right. Right. I don't think Dirk How, had it like that. I, I'm so, I think that's an excuse. Because, again, yeah. when you look at the makeup of that Detroit team, they don't need the next Dirk Nowinski. They need this guy that just took Syracuse from nothing to a national championship. This guy who's gone one-on-one with LeBron James in high school and is a comparable player and comparable talent at the time. With the experience. Mr. Mills said it was a typo. I met uh, Payne earlier. Uh, LOL. Yeah, no. Um, I can believe that Questlove is hyping up this whole move, and I wouldn't expect anything less. Sean with the Super Chat says, The draft with Allen Iverson, 96-97, is the second best draft all time, guys. No, it's third. Uh, it's third. Third? It's what? third. You got, you got the 0-3 draft over it? Yeah, because Wade and LeBron are easy top 25 all-time players. Some people would have Iverson outside of the 25, and there's Kobe right there. Yeah. Obviously. And they got drafted gosh. a little late. So you got the, oh, hold on, hold you got the Barkley, Jordan. Huh? Is Nash 96-97? Is Nash in the draft? He is. Yeah, he's far back. No, I mean, so no, no, no. I mean, you got but, Nash. Yeah, you got still Pierce, a Kobe, Nash, Pierce, Kobe, Iverson. Wade, LeBron, Carmelo, Bosch, what you think? 
Because those are the four, right? I'm going with the 03 draft over Me too. that one. Um, and Me I guess too. the other draft that you have is... the best primetime performer of everybody that's in that group, and the playoffs matter most. And the other draft you got LeBron's is the Stockton, there. Jordan, Olajuwon, Barkley draft? Yeah, that's easy. That's okay. easy. King Olajuwon and Michael Jordan are in the same draft. Conversation over. Like, over. <laughs> and then you like throw in three? Stockton and Barkley. Yeah, yeah what the, fuck them. Olajuwon and, and Jordan got drafted one and three, Mike. Like, that shit's over. over. Mad Max. Hold on. Let me. Mad Max got a super chat. They're better, said, Mike, they're better than everybody <laughs> that we just named outside of LeBron. Those two guys. Yeah, you're right. Mad yeah. Max with a super chat. He said, Mike, don't let them gas it. That Beyonce album was all right. It wasn't See? great. Okay, I want to ask the people, stems, the people who have heard this album, we got a hundred something people in the room, people who have heard this album, is this album great, good, or just some mid? I should put I a poll get, in the chat. I want to get into the posse cut thing. I, I finish yeah, it. yeah, finish the posse cut thing. I'm going to put a poll in the chat about the, um, you know, about those little options I just did with the Beyonce. But yeah, go ahead with your posse. Right, no, no, because people is... Given some good options. One thing I think I want to highlight, I think, first of all, we need to audit what a posse cut is. For me, a okay. posse cut needs four members. Okay, perfect. Because three doesn't work for me. Because anybody, like, like the three shit happens so much. You know what I'm saying? That's not a posse cut. Posse cut is four or more. Is that fair? No, that's fair. I think the second thing we need to get to, Wu-Tang Clan don't count, Mike. That's just not fair to everybody else, now, is it? <laughs> Is it fair to so count? You're not going to count Wu-Tang. They shouldn't be punished because they're a group. Well, Mike, yeah, one, two, three, this four, is what I would say. I wouldn't count if we them. Wu-Tang Clan in, Mike, one, two, three, four, fifth. Well, this is the thing. I wouldn't count Wu-Tang because they're actually... I think that uh, Wu-Tang's the actual group. That's why I wouldn't count them. And the thing is, with the posse cut, and I think we might need to say this as well, four or more people on the record and people who aren't in a group together. Now, you could be in a clique together, but these aren't people who make albums together. You know what I'm saying? I think that's a big right. part of the whole mixture of what a posse cut is. It has to be people who don't make albums together. So, yes, Wu-Tang would be disqualified in that sense. So, let's, plus, it's not fair. So, what I think is, is also, too, no compilation posse cuts. Like, okay. the people putting self-destruction and, like, all in the same gang, all that. Gotcha. No. That don't count. That's too much. That that's like the same. That's like Wu Tang Clan. It's the same thing. Yeah. Okay. Those are the We Are the World records. So yeah, no, we're not right. counting the We Are the World that's records. Really like, no, We Are the World records. No hip hop. We Are the World <laughs> records. Absolutely. Fuck Michael Sanders that. with the super chat says, uh, "My wife is a huge Beyonce fan, and she said it's trash." Okay, keep going. Now, some people are putting some things up, and this is what I mean. We need to start auditing it. Okay, like first of all, for me. As much as I love some John Blaze, can we start being honest? After Nas and Puns verse, there's a drop off. I don't. I love Jada. I love Ray. How many times have I come up here and loved Ray and loved Jada? Yeah. I don't love those Jada and Ray verses. That's not some of Jay, Jada and Ray's best bar work now, is it? Fat Joe's at the end of that song. So really, after Nas and Pun, that song drops off. No, no, you're right. Am I wrong? I think best we love, the, I think we love the, the roster on paper. The roster on paper. No, no, no. The song is great. Let's talk about performance. The people who performed at a high level were Nas and Pun. Well, this is the first two verses. And I told you, Pun still has him on that. Yeah. So I'm not, so John Blaze isn't top five to me, although I love that record. Banned from TV. 
once again, the same thing. It's like, well, nature has the best verse in his career. Who else verse on there is like a super standout verse? Like as much as we love pun, and when we spit pun shit, I don't hear nobody talking about pun's verse from band from TV. Cause but cause you want to know why? Cause pun got the verse from John Blaze. You feel me? I like Band from TV, but I agree. I think Band from TV is slightly uh, overstated. Uh, but I, I, my favorite moment on Band from TV, personally, is uh, Jaden Styles back, back and forth, man. See, but here's the thing: yeah. even when you go to their back and forth and what was the come of it, it's like, oh well, they did so much better after that. Yeah. So, you're, so I think you're looking from nostalgia purposes. Yeah. So, so I'm gonna tell you um, some of the other stuff that I see on here that we can talk about. Now, I'm with them. First of all. Only one I put in here so far is the Symphony. I'll take the Flavor in Your Ear remix and the I Shot You remix. Mm, Prodigy's those verse. Are heavy. Prodigy's verse. I told you. That's one of Prodigy's best verses. Keith Murray's Keith verse Murray. from there. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to the L- start L's closeout verse. Foxy's L- L's verse. First of all, I thought I conquered the world. Crush Moe, Hammer, and Ice-T's I love curl. That but still, niggas want to instigate shit. No, I'm no, no. Elle's quick. That's one of Fat Joe's best verses. It is. And he was the weakest link on there. He it, was the weakest link on there, and he yeah. showed out. Foxy showed you know, out. Mad you know Max to the Super Chat Foxy says. On there. You know how I feel about Foxy on there. It's like I hadn't heard a chick rap like that with that type of delivery before. I hadn't heard nobody rap like that before there was a chick. Matt so Max of the Super Chat says, he says, by off the wall, they mean a big reach then. <laughs> LOL, yeah. Must have been. Uh, Jay on, Short of the Super it? Chat says, uh, Beyonce's catalog does not match her status. Uh, when her last, when was her last hit? Rihanna is her contemporary and Beyonce don't want to see her in no verses. I've heard that before too. I think Rihanna would actually beat her in the verses. Um, JB was here. It says Ray Allen 96 draft as well. Yes. Mad Max says, uh, Wade's not better, is not a better playoff performer than Kobe or LeBron. Yes, he is. Not yes, Kobe. Is. Not Kobe. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Wade? Would... Yeah. You bugging. And I, I fuck with Wade. Oh, yeah. But no, Kobe, oh, yeah? man. No, when Kobe, okay. in those past, in those last couple of minutes, I remember just, as a person who wanted to see Boston win, some of those You're talking about the Indiana Pacers series. No, like, you're I'm not talking about, about the Boston. Boston series. You're not talking about the Boston series. Game seven, he sucked. Kobe sucked. Oh no, in no, game that was like the Boston. only off game he had. Coop, come on, let's not do that. No, I think let's he not was do off. That. He was off a whole series against Detroit where he shot thirty seven percent. And you're talking about the series that they lost when they had a long ass taste. I'm talking Prince about him shooting thirty seven percent from the field when this nigga is six eight with that jump shot. Explain that. He wasn't six eight. He wasn't 6'8". Six, six, Kobe's 6'6", six, six, at least. No, he's not. He's taller than Mike. He was He's an inch taller than Mike. He's Kobe. He's at least Scotty's hey, For the people in the seven. chat, Google a picture of Michael Jordan and Kobe standing next to each other. Kobe. Right. Well, Jordan Go was Google actually taller than him. Well, Google those stats from the 04 finals is what you need to do. Mike 100 says, affirmative actions of posse cut. Uh, man, man, with the super chat says, World War II, uh, the points. I like the points. That's the sleeper. Banned from TV that. scenario. I like Kobe? the points. Hey, look here. I love Kobe. Let's get a few things clear. He's got five rings. He was the sidekick for three. Mm-hmm. And on ring number five in game seven, when it mattered most, he played horribly. So, no, he's not better You're talking than about ho, ho, ho. Horribly. About... He went five for 23 in a game oh, seven man. at home. They weren't in Boston Garden. 
He went five for twenty three at home in Game Seven. But what did he do the rest of that series? They're not in a Game Seven without him playing the way he did. I mean, this is what I'm talking about about how like you're being convenient. First of all, if Kendrick Perkins doesn't tear his ACL, I don't even know if it goes to a Game Seven. Let's just get it straight. I mean, we don't know. We just know what happened. I don't want to do that. And again, I was rooting for Boston. Because people who watch that game remember, LA won that game when they're rebounding because Kendrick Perkins wasn't there because Kobe was a brick house in the Staples Center in Game Seven. He wasn't in Boston Garden. You ain't never seen. You ain't never. If that would have happened to LeBron, we would never hear the end of it. Kobe went out there and got seventeen boards too in that game. Eric Terrell with the super right. chat. When you're says, missing that many shots, you better get your ass on the yeah, board. When out there your job something. is to shoot, when your job is to shoot and you can't shoot, you better start fucking rebounding. He didn't play no defense in that game either because he was about tired. Because Ray was kind of locked up. His, his, no, his, his defense subpar in those last two games. He was tired and old, but it's okay. I was watching nah, those games. He, you can make put, it seem like he was like, no, y'all can make it seem like he was not Michael Jordan against the Utah let's Jazz. Let's keep it a buck, though, Coop. Coop. Let's, let's let, keep it a hold, buck. Let's keep it a buck. Since, since we're going to criticize in that way. 37% this man, No, no, let's. Coop, Coop. Let's in keep, his prime. Coop, Coop. Stop. You're Coop. number eight. Coop. You're number eight, except 37%. Can I go? Can I go? Let's keep yeah, it a please. buck. Please. This guy was basically playing against. Three all-star contemporaries. It was just him. He was tired. He went out there and was chipping away at them that whole series and got the them Lakers to a had game the better seven. Team, and they had home court advantage because they had the better record and the better team. I, you know what? They game all, seven all, was played all, in the on paper. Center. They did. They they did on paper. But you know what Boston was doing back then? Boston no, was going know. out there. No, Coop. Boston was resting their guys in the regular season because they were older because they knew that any slot that they could get in in the East, they were going to win anyway. That's why their record was less than. It wasn't because they were the less than team. Boston was doing that for a minute in that era. They didn't care about winning regular season games because they I'm going to read out the L.A. Lakers front line that year to you. Lamar Odom, Paul Gasol, Andrew Bynum. Kobe Bryant. I ain't saying that they was what? Like, they had a good team. Like four, hold on. Hold on. That sounds like four all-stars to me. Or, or did I miss that? Okay. So if you want to rank those players, let's just say we're ranking let's the top rank them six that year. players. Let's rank them that year. Top six players. We got Kobe. Then next, I'm going uh, uh, KG. Then Correct. I'm going Paul Pierce. Then I'm going to no. go Gasol. Then I'm going to go Ray. Okay. Is that fair? Okay. Eric Terrell with the Super Chat says, Coop and Mike, I love your hip-hop takes, but I can I get a quick top three or five soul R&B list, albums or artists? Would Let's he- finish this posse cut list right quick. All about the Benjamins. Okay. The little Kim and Biggie verse. Yep. The little Kim and Biggie shit. I can agree with that. Right. All about the Benjamins. Actually, all about the Benjamins to me is actually better than Flavor in Your Ear. It is. Yeah. The beat's crazy. It's a classic. The bars yeah. are there. Uh, it was a hit on top of that. I mean, really, All About the Benjamins could be considered hip-hop's greatest posse cut. No, I'm cool with that. Yeah. No, I'm cool with that. Think yeah. about this. No, Jada Kiss, Sheik. And Sheik had a legendary verse. That's and Sheik's best verse, maybe. Possibly. His most notable verse. And then... You want to get into the little Kim and Biggie shit? That's what I'm saying. That little Kim and Biggie shit ain't no, ain't no, ain't no posse cut. That's the best ended to a posse cut since the Symphony with G Rap and Kane. That's what I'm saying. It's like they're like that. 
Well, the other part of the question was, why don't we have posse cuts like that anymore? And I guess I would add on top of that, when was the last, when was the um, last great posse cut in hip hop? So appalled. I, I, there you go. What, what did so you think appalled. about Six Train? From, jo- uh, from ASAP Rocky. So appalled. Okay. All right. So <laughs> the king of R&B to me is Marvin Gaye. Or is he talking albums or is he talking artists? Top he, three he artists? He said both. But he said or. Or. So I, I'm just going to put that out there. But top three R&B albums. We're going Stevie. Let's do them by albums decade. Albums artists. Let's do them by decade. What's the best R&B on, album of the set? Yeah, I'm about to say. That best, hold on. We're going best R&B album catalog, best artist. Like, what are we doing? What's the framework? What's the best R&B album of the 70s? What's going on? Or is it Songs in the Key of Life? Is it uh, Inner Visions? That I thought of when you said it. Like, off the top of my head, those were the three albums that I thought of. So what say you? You know what? You cut out for a second. Uh, what were the three that you said? No, the same that you said. Okay. Inner Vision, Songs I don't in know the if Key of Life, and What's Going On. Yeah, same three. I'm going to have to Hold go on. What's Going On. And I'm Hold on. Isn't What's guy. Going On 1969, though? Now, what's going on is like 71, 72, something like that. Okay, yeah. okay. Then yes. All right. Yes. We'll what's see. the best R&B album of the 80s? I mean, <laughs> we've been having the same, we're going to have the same Purple Rain Thriller conversation probably. Is Thriller an R&B album to people? I Actually, if you want to know the truth, I don't, if you really want to know the real truth, Sign of the Times is the answer because that's more of an R&B album than Thriller and Purple Rain and Consoled by Janet. So I actually, my R&B pick would actually be Sign of the Times. That's I'm okay with that because I look at Purple Rain as more of a rock album, honestly. It's like it's like if Jimi Hendrix could sing his ass off too. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, yeah. And the best R&B album of the 90s. That's where things get very problematic, Mike. Ah, because so it's, it's R. Kelly? Because it's R. Kelly's era, but there's also somebody that's from uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, Jodeci's Diary first of a Madman. Diary of a Madman, super special, Mike. It is. I, I, to me, those the first six, seven songs on Diary of a Madman are what R&B has sounded like since that album came out. I'm okay with that. I'm, I, so I was Diary- thinking either that, <sighs> Funky Divas by En Vogue. The album's not good enough end to end. Okay. I was thinking My Life by Mary J. Blige is better end to end than Funky Divas. Okay. Um, any, what about Boys and Men's second album? Because I think that was just instinctively better than the first. It was, but that was more singles driven. That was more yeah. Waters Run Dry on Bending Knee. Thank you. Like I'm cool I, I with Diary it. of a Mad Band. You know how I feel about Jodeci. I think they're the yeah. best I mean, R&B group of the 90s. Yeah, I mean, my, my cousin knew Devontae. My cousin, my other cousin was one of their first backup dancers. It's like, yeah, we know them like in the in the fam. That they they east side Charlotte. Like some of my family live on the east side, even though I'm from the west side. But yeah, they came up with my family on the east side. I'm partial to them. But what about Joe, the first part of the 2000s? I was actually about to say, Mike. I know we. It's just so hard to take R. Kelly out of it because it's like when I was saying Diary of a Mad Band, I was like. I'm thinking about 12 Play that came out right before Diary of a Mad Band, but also the R. Kelly album that came out right after. Because the R&B music, just the R&B music, not even the hit making, the R&B music that's on the R. Kelly album, the 1995 album, 
the one with I can't sleep, be yep. happy, you remind mm-hmm. me, down low, mm-hmm. like the, the songwriting, Mike, R&B wise, Mike. Mm-hmm. Everything man. sounded like it after it. You know what? I have to give the 2000s to TP2000 because everything R&B wise sounded like that album. Like he created the R&B thug on that album. The Braid That's My Hair, all that shit. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. it's like he, along with Jodeci, helped make the mold in the 90s. But it's like Jodeci was gone by the time TP2.com came yeah. out. And it's like he came back out with I Wish, Feeling on Your Booty, mm-hmm. the Fiesta, the Fiesta remix. remix yeah. <laughs> Antonio with the Super Chat says, nah, drop uh, Man, the drop off for John Blaze is Fat Joe. No, Kiss and Ray are not where, where Pun and Nas are. That's a lie. LP with the it's super chat says, "Stop the violence and same old gang or posse cuts." Cool. Oh, hold. Also, too, let me bring something up. Mm-hmm. People have to understand this. Wade was hitting playoff game winning shots as a rookie. Go check Kobe's playoff stats as a rookie. I'm he picking was 18, Wade. Cool. Cam Wade Porter with the super chat says, "Dwayne Wade is not better than Kobe. Stop. I didn't Kobe say that. had I said, a bad I series. A I said better playoff performer. <laughs> said Kobe had a, be- a bad series, but what about Wade versus the Spurs in 2014? Uh, Nas the goat with the super chat says, "Players anthem, blackout, um, they blackout, know remix, four three two one. I kept seeing four three two one a lot. What do you think about that?" I think 41321 deserves some honorable mention, but what I would tell you is, is that those are just what I like to call regular high-level Method Man and Red Man versus now, aren't they? Those are just regular high-level Method Man and Red Man versus. It was the first time we really got a chance to hear DMX, too. I think I feel like I heard him on that before I heard him on Money, Power, and Respect. I'm not sure, but I, I know Money, he really Power, stood out on Money, Power, and Respect. It's damn near the same month, Mike, it feels like. Oh, okay. Like in my mind. Ray Realms with the Super Chat says, uh, Black Savage is a top 10 posse cut of all time. What do you think about the Sway and Tech record, uh, the anthem? I like the anthem. Ooh, that's a nice sneaky pick. I haven't heard the that. The anthem was crazy. Anthem was pretty dope. It had a lot of people on it, and everybody did their thing. And Eminem, See, being, Eminem slid in there perfectly but, too. But, but part, but part of it being like classic is the memorabilia is, is is the memorabilia part of it. It's like how memorable is that song? Like we, yeah, like, we forgot the symphony. The symphony came out when we were six and seven years old. We know exactly what it is and how it is. You feel me? You're right. Like that that that's part of the conversation too. It has to stand the test of time. I see people putting got my mind made up on there. I th- how about this? I prefer got my mind made up to four three two one, if you want to know the truth. I do too. But again, Method, first, Method Man and Red Man were a higher Method level Man. on there. Yeah. And and Pac no, and Pac is high level on there too. He is, and so is corrupt. And, corrupt. and so is corrupt. Daz was the I'm only cool. low moment, and I thought Daz just didn't come through clear, it's man. It's beat. His beat, it's okay. You know, I you know what I really love Daz on was on um one of my favorite songs from that era too. Um um shit. Um I don't know why I never give it up is in my um head, but not that record. It's the dog pound uh record. What would you do? What would you do? Yo, Daz yeah, killed that shit. That's our murder was the case with Trey D. 
I love what that record. Yeah, I love that record. I love that record. Yeah, Mike, they had two Mike. different videos for it. What did Dad say? He was like, if a nigga had a prayer before a nigga died, would that nigga be dead or would he stay alive? If I was in your spot, would I survive? Probably not. You'd probably let your Glock go pop and I drop to your knees. And picture that nigga Daz blowing in the breeze. Yo, Daz could rhyme, man. I think hey, the fact that he was it? next to Corrupt, we slept on a lot of the stuff that Daz did lyrically. That song, What Would You Do on the Murder Was the Case soundtrack? Mike, next to Murder Was the Case and Natural Born Killers? I thought What Would You Do by the Dog Pound with Trey D was the best song on there. Those I love What Would You songs, Do. songs, man. What I, would you do <laughs> if you could fuck with me and my crew? And Snoop came can't. in, but you can't, so don't, don't even think, think about stepping in the motherfucking house. I love yeah, that. Yeah, that was the shit. <laughs> LP with the Super Chat says, Mike, you don't make those excuses for Steph. Steph dominated the third quarter, and you ranked him as a bad fourth quarter. But you excused Kobe for full game seven? Listen, man, one bad game seven? And really, I think, game seven. And I think no, that bad, not game, one bad seven. game seven, Mike, it's the fact that he, listen, go look at his numbers on the first three finals run outside of when Shaq gets hurt in the Indiana Pacers series. He's not that impressive. Shaq is clearly the dominant force carrying that team. Shaq's numbers look ungodly. How about this? Shaq's numbers in those first three finals are Wilt like. Kobe's numbers are Ray Allen like. Mm. That's a fact. Outside of when Shaq got hurt and he had to step up against Indiana, he wasn't like that for those first three rings. And when they were up for ring number four, when that motherfucker was walking around saying he was the man, he shot 37% from the field. These are facts. His first and the whole series are in one game in that game. So. Series. Go pull it up. 37% for the Phillies. For the series. I think he might have shot like 23% from three, Mike. Catch on McCormick says in 01, Kobe averaged 30. And they went 15-1. and one. Go Coop, pull up Shaq's numbers. He said, Coop is right about the Pistons and that first Boston series. You know what? I want to give y'all an update on what people are saying about this. No, no, Beyonce no. I want album. Shaq's numbers. If Kobe averaged 30, <laughs> I bet you Shaq was averaging 38 or 36. How much you want to bet? We'll go to those numbers, too. Um, yeah. But I, I want to get to this Beyonce poll while I get to some of these Super Chats. We got 103 votes. And 56% of y'all said the album is submit. 7% says it's great. 19% says it's good, and 17% says it's whack. Oh, oh, Mike. Sounds Mike, like some myth to me. Mike, Shaquille O'Neal in the 2001 NBA Finals averaged 31 points, 15.8 rebounds, and 4.8 assists. Who's the man? Who's the man? I don't think anybody ever plan? debated that. Who's the Who's man? Who's the man with the master plan? And keep in mind, Kobe scoring 30 points against Allen Iverson and Eric Snow, a guy who's my height and the other guy is 6'1". <laughs> Mad Max with the Super Chat says, LOL, Coop. Kobe played sidekick, but what and was Wade... He said, but what was... Hold, let me finish. What was Wade with LeBron? Wade played like hot garbage against the Spurs in 2014, and we bring up Bynum. Uh, he averaged 11-7 and seven in those championship years. You know what's funny? I felt like Wade's play in 2014 is one of the reasons why LeBron went back to Cleveland. No, that is the number one reason why LeBron went back to Cleveland. But here's why I wasn't okay with LeBron going back to Cleveland. Because in the 2011 NBA Finals, Dwayne Wade did what he was supposed to do to win that ring. And what the fuck did LeBron do? So one turn deserves another. He should have stayed loyal 
a little longer. I, you know what? And I think that no, no, no. I, I think that you're talking about the Dallas series, right? Yes. I think look, that Dallas series is really overblown because again, you can go back and check my log. I picked listen. Dallas to win that series because of how deep the team was. Like they listen. just had no depth listen. in Miami. Listen that ain't on LeBron. Stats, listen, hold on. Let's do the metrics and the stats of Wade in the series where LeBron choked. This is what the metrics say. Wade was the most productive player in the 2011 NBA Finals with an estimated 1.4 wins produced from 32.6 points scored with 58% shooting efficiency, 8.6 rebounds, 6.4%, and 3.1 turnovers for 48 minutes. So they're saying for every player that was on the court in that 2011 Finals, that's Dirk and LeBron included, the most effective player on the court, Per 48 minutes was Dwayne Wade. Let's go to well, the Dallas actual... won by committee, though. That's the Hold reason. Hold on, let me... Let, no, 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 because they're bringing up Wade's 2014 finals, but not talking about his 2011 finals, where he averaged 26.5.7 rebounds and five assists, and LeBron fucking choked. What did LeBron average? Not enough in the fourth Oh, no, no, no. Right? Let's go over the numbers. You just went through Wade's numbers. What did he average? No, no, no. Let's pull up LeBron's numbers. Mad but Max of the, the Super Chat says, LOL 2000 Game 7 Western Conference Finals. Scored more points than Shaq. Had more rebounds. Had more assists. More uh, steals. More blocks. Had a higher percentage from the floor. Wade's best series. Talk about one he, game. Talk yeah, about one game. He's at Wade's best series. Finals. He's at Wade's best series. He was getting hardened free throws on Dallas. And D-Rose uh, packed Wade as a rock. Yo, Wade went to say, the line stop for a second. against Dallas. Hold on, hold on. The first Miami championship, Wade went to the line a hundred times in six games. You know how crazy that is? No, did he say against the Spurs? Uh, Matt Max Shaq? says Kobe averaged 26, 6 and uh, 7 versus the Nets, uh, being guarded by Jason Kidd and shooting 52% from the field. He against said um, uh, in the finals, Kobe never shot well. He baked uh, the premier defender at guard. Did he bring up the Western Conference final against the San Antonio Spurs? Do you know why Kobe scored those points? Why? Because somebody was in the paint controlling Tim Duncan and David Robinson at the same motherfucking time. Do you know who that guy is? Diesel. You see what I'm saying? Like, you see how Diesel people be special. trying to write this? Like, Kobe ain't scoring no fucking 30 against Tim Duncan and David <laughs> Robinson without Shaq in the paint. Shut up. I watched those series. Everybody that watched those San Antonio series knows Shaq dominated those series. Ray Rails with the super He tossed them grown-ass men around for a couple years, Mike. They didn't even know what no, to do. he was different. He Ray Rails with the around. super chat says, uh, Puffing on blunts and drinking Tangeray has been my favorite posse cup of all time. Uh, check out my last super chat. Mike, he was, was literally wearing chat? he was wearing their ass out so much in the paint that when Kobe was going to the hole in the fourth quarter, they didn't have nothing left to give. Like he was literally taking yeah. the life out of them niggas. Oh no, you I know, watch man. that shit, Mike. Shaq Don't act different. like that didn't happen. Oh no, I never will. Was popping up against San Antonio, Tim Duncan and David Robinson was like this with their hands on their knees, like Uncle Fran with the super like, oh, chat. Oh shit, they tired. I'm going to the hole. It's like, well, no shit. You should go to the hole. Shaq just got done wearing their ass out for three quarters. Shout out to Uncle Fram in the building. He says, uh, your chat is so biased and unreliable. Um, I don't even I don't even he said, I don't even listen to Beyonce like that, and I believe I would like this album when I listen to it. 
Well, you ain't heard the album. How can you how say you that? How you gonna say that? Um, that's what I'm saying. Um, how you even gonna do that? You ain't even heard the album. Fam. Don't be on no Quest Love shit. Uh, you good, man? Are they are they paying you too? Oh, industry <laughs> niggas. Industry niggas, man. So okay. Were we on posse cuts or R and B? We was, we okay, so let's so let's narrow down our posse cut list right quick before we finish our R and B list. All right. We're cool with all about the Benjamins and the Symphony. That thinks it's pretty easy, right? Yeah. Do we got got my mind made up in there? Because I feel uh, like the West Coast needs something too. That probably is the best West Coast posse cut. You got a better West Coast posse cut for me? Even though it's got meth and red on it and corrupts on there, and he rhymes like an East Coast MC. Isn't corrupt from Philly originally? He is. Right. Um, He's the third nigga's Ill- nigga that ever came out of Philly, Mike. It goes thought, Siegel, corrupt. Maybe corrupt over Siegel based on catalog. Possibly. That's a Possibly. really good debate, actually. Um, That's a great debate. Philly's got the illest set of MCs outside of New York. I like the who, uh, not who shot you. The I shot you remix. I'm cool with that, too. In the mix. I'm cool um, with those four. So what would be five? It was one that we're missing. That, uh, Wait, man, your remix. Yep. Flame in your ear remix, but no, I feel like it was another one that we were like, yeah, definitely. Blackout? No. Uh, wasn't Blackout. Uh, LP so Paul? Huh? So Paul? I'm not mad at So Paul being in there because I do think... Do you think that, So Paul's better than Blackout? I think it is. You do? I do. Do you think? Do you feel the way that I feel like Pusha T has the best verse on So Paul? Uh-huh. Do you think what do you Jada think Kiss about Watch the for the Hook? What do you think about Watch for the Hook, by the way? I kind of feel about... I, I was actually thinking about some of the Outcast Dungeon Family stuff, like the Goody Mob stuff, because I immediately thought about Thought Process and Black Ice, but that's kind of Wu-Tang shit to me. Yeah, they all make music together. They all make music together too much for it to be fair, because I could give you a top five Dungeon Family cuts off the top of my head. It's like, well, Thought Process, Doc, Black Ice, Watch for the Hook, Y'all scared. You feel what I'm saying? It's like I could just do it like immediately for you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because they did work together just like that Wu-Tang shit. It's like, oh, you want some Wu-Tang shit? It's like, we'll protect your neck. The mystery. I listened to the mystery of Chess Boston the other day, Mike. It's like the mystery of Chess Boston is still one of their best songs. Incredible. It's got dirt on the verse. It's got meth on the hook. It's got, think about it. It's got Ray, Deck, Ghost, Old Dirty Bastard on the vocals. It's got meth on the hook. It's like, what do you want out of a rap song exactly? Riz is doing the beat. Mm-hmm. It's Master Killer's first verse. Yeah. Rough wow. like Timberland where? Yeah. Me and mm. the clan and yo, the land cruisers it's out just there. Wild, Peace man. to all the crooks, all the niggas with bad hooks. Yeah. You can't even like describe how raw that shit you can't is. Even just, yeah, you can't even re equate that. I hadn't listened to it in so long. I was like, these niggas so raw. LP with the super chat says Wade and Bosch play better than they average more points. And rebounds than LeBron. LeBron yeah. had games with zero in the fourth. Eight points in a full game against J.J. Barrera. You know one thing that really threw me off with that Dallas series? When I saw Jason Terry posting LeBron James up. Now then I was like, yo, come on now. LeBron, come on now. Mad like Max with the Super Chat says, the Western Conference was against the Blazers. And not, oh. I want to talk about that game real quick. And not the Spurs. And Kobe used to give the Spurs 45. And uh and in 08, he destroyed the Spurs when they was defending when they were the defending champs. Kobe always killed the Spurs. Stop it, Coop. You know, I blame Scottie Pippen for that uh Blazers 
um, collapse, I shall say. I do too, because do. here's the thing. He's the veteran. He's the, he's I the saw veteran. him sitting the there home. missing look, look, layups like, in the fourth like, quarter. They were veteran. at home. No, he's not only a veteran. You have, to understand where, where, you have to understand where basketball is at that point where that game is happening. He is probably the most championship seasoned person, not just on the court, but in professional basketball when that moment is happening. Okay? At home. At home. In the fourth quarter with with a 20-point lead going into the fourth quarter. Is a 15-point lead. Was it 15? Okay. I'm exaggerating. It was 20 in my head. (laughs) 15 was seven and a half minutes. And I'm going to tell you what happened. No, I'm going to tell you what happened that I had a problem with. And this is not because I'm a Duke fan. And this is what I watched happen live. And I never forget that this happened. I remember where I was at, too. Three straight trips. They went down and handed the ball to Rasheed Wallace. I watched Scottie Pippen hand the ball to Rasheed Wallace three straight times with Shaq down there. What the fuck did you think was going to happen, and why are you not taking this moment and handing the ball off to a Rasheed Wallace that was already cantankerous, talented, and still young and hadn't even exactly. reached his full flow yet? Exactly, exactly. You handing the ball to, to Rasheed Wallace in this moment instead of taking the ball? Like, you better take Kobe off the dribble and take this nigga to the rack and go to the free throw line. And he passed the ball to Rasheed Wallace three straight times. I said, he don't want it. We got a problem if Kobe wants it. Kobe popped out. That's when Kobe showed. That's when Kobe. That's when the Kobe Bryant we know popped up. He popped up mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter of that game. Right. And he seen Scotty didn't want it. And he's like, oh, you don't want it. I'm taking. I'm not going to lie to you, bro. Game as, over. As a, Scotty Pippen's fault. As a Jordan way, fan. As a, Bull, level. as a Bulls fan, especially in that era. I lost a lot of respect for Scottie Pippen that day. That's his biggest I, fault not, to me. Like, like yeah. damn that Tony Kukoc shit, that migraine shit, right there. Up 15 points on Shaq and Kobe with seven and a half minutes left, and you handing the ball off to Rasheed Wallace like a bitch. The migraine thing is one of those things where it's like, you know, you can't measure a person's threshold of pain and all that stuff. So it's right. like, that's tough to really equate. And the Tony Kukoc thing, the Tony Kukoc thing, I'm not going to lie. I think Phil did. He's him. right. I no, think Phil I did him dirty him. on that. I agreed with him. I, think, I agree with him for that. I think but Phil did right him dirty. There. I don't was agree. No. I don't they agree with him sitting down, but I think Phil put him in a lose lose situation. And I think that was messed up, the position they Phil put him 15. in. But the Portland shit, that's they all on 15. him. There's no defending seven that. Seven and a half minutes list. Mike, if memory serves me in my mind, it might have been seven minutes and 27 seconds to be exact. At they were home. up 15 with seven minutes and 27 seconds. You're a six-time champion. You got, six-time they were champion. stacked. That Think Portland team. No, no, no. Stacked. You're not just a six-time champion. You've been in the playoffs deep without Mike. You've been in the playoffs deep before Mike, before this run. So we're talking about Mike. He's been running deep into the playoffs every year since about 88. He came into the league in 87. You don't know anything but this. Mm. Um, you don't know nothing but this life. Kato with the Super Chat life? says, 08 and 09 playoffs, Kobe averaged uh, 29, 6, and 5. Kobe and Shaq, best duo. Your point taken on Shaq's dominance, though. Hold on, hold on. Why y'all keep bringing up Kobe's number? When while, while, Listen to me. <laughs> while Kobe is averaging 29 and 30, go look at Shaq's numbers. <laughs> Willard Weston says, uh, Kobe beat the Spurs in 08 and 5. Kobe averaged 30, Coop. Stop it. Shout out to the West Coast out here. We're doing this conference final stuff again, not this final shit, huh? 
You tell see what them, they doing? Come, man, come you see how they're bringing up Kobe's conference finals resume because they know what his finals resume looks like? True life with the, the super, uh, with the super hey, chat. Mike, Steph Curry is just as good as Kobe in the finals. That's what I'm trying oh, to tell man, you. Oh, man, cut that out. True life with the super chat says, trivia question for Coop. What's the illest line Nas said on a bonus track? Trust off the uh, Life is Good album. Gotta oh, test like, your Nas knowledge. What, oh, off that song? He said, what's the illest line Nas said on the bonus track, Trust, off the Life is Good album? Oh, shit, I can't think of, like, like what... Like, an illest line off one song off a bonus track off Life is Good <laughs> off the top of my head right now? I mean, I'm sorry, like, that's just not... <laughs> <laughs> Even as that's a Nas realistic. fan, that's a little tough for you, huh? No, no, I mean, that's just not a realistic pull. It's like, if you want to ask me, it's like, well, what's your favorite bar from, like, a Nas unreleased song in the last 10, 15 years? It's like, oh, I can give you that, but you're asking me literally to specify it to a song on an album that literally has, what, four or five bonus tracks on just that one album alone? It's Eric like, we got to be realistic. Yeah, we just got to be realistic about our pulls, you know what I'm saying? It's <laughs> like, I don't mind entertaining it, but it's like, let's, like, be realistic to me and, like, my life, my schedule, reality. Eric Terrell with the Super Chat says, uh, the final DLC last uh, song on the album. What what song was that? Was that the, um, shit, Lil John redid it. You know what I'm talking well, the about? The grand finale. The grand finale, yeah. Yeah. Uh, DeCarlo with the Super Chat are, 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 says, uh, special delivery remix? No. You know what? I'm going to be honest, guys, and maybe it's an unpopular opinion. I like the regular special delivery more than the special delivery remix. I do, too. I do. And I know Ghost is all over there. I don't love Ghost on that beat, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I was underwhelmed. And this is at the height of my Ghost fandom. Bad what do you think about... Um, I see 24 Hours to Live here. What do you think about that? I think that gets some honorable mention. I like that one, too. I like um, that, too. See, this is what I mean. So even with something like... So we were going so appalled. You said so appalled. You like so appalled more than Blackout. And I'm like, okay. You think Pusha T's... What do you think is the best verse on Blackout? Hmm. Because I think Jada. it's Kiss's verse. Yeah, Jada. Is, is Kiss's verse better than Push's verse? I don't think so. Neither do I. So I'm with you on Soul Paul too. Because I would give the slight edge to Push because I think the songs are comparable. Reservoir Dogs doesn't register for me. Mad Max of the Super Chat says, uh, most championship uh, players and Kobe destroyed him. What did he say? Oh, most championship send players and Kobe destroyed him and led the Lakers in a comeback. Uh, Kobe has Scottie Pippen having flashbacks and nightmares of checking Jordan in practice. Oh, uh, y'all tripping on him, man. Yeah, you are. See, this is what I mean about how people forget. Okay, so let's forget. See, this is what I mean about how things happen fast and things ship fast. Like, the last year that the Bulls won the title, like, you know, Kobe and Shaq were still, like, playing when that happened. <laughs> yeah. They were, they were up, like, 27 on the Bulls in Staples. And, like, Mike and Scotty came back and beat their ass. And it was actually Scotty that scored, like, 20 in the fourth quarter and beat them. And it was with Kobe guarding him. Like, just remember the whole history of everything. You know I mean, who gave Shaq problems in that, in that uh, matchup, in that team matchup? You remember when they had Kukoc on Shaq? And Kukoc yeah. was pulling him out and yeah. shooting over him? Shaq didn't know what him. to do. Yeah. Because right. we really didn't have stretch bigs like that then. That's why like, when because I see... Rodman was moving, running the power forward technically, and to get Kukoc in, you had to put him at center because Ron Harper and, and Scotty and Mike needed to be on the floor for defensive purposes because that early Lakers team had a lot of wings that could shoot that had lift and had stretches. It was Kobe, Shaq, and a bunch of stretches. I saw that meme, man, where it was like, 
people had that uh, Bulls team, the 96 Bulls team, lined up with the Golden State team that had KD, Steph, and all of them on it. And Kukoc was in the picture because the lineup they had was Harper, Jordan, Pippen, Rodman, and Kukoc. And I was like, in this small ball situation, Kukoc would eat out here, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, if there was a matchup, let's just say, what, Steph, Clay, KD, Draymond, and I think they had um, 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 they had Iggy in the picture, right? It was Iguodala in there. I think that that Bulls lineup beats that lineup. I'm throwing Rodman on uh, KD for the first half and maybe Pippen on KD for the second half or something. I'll throw Harper 6'6", wingspan and all that stuff on Steph. Throw Jordan on Clay. I mean, putting putting you know Rodman and Scotty on on KD is like putting Kawhi and Draymond on Kobe. It doesn't matter. I mean, just being honest, I think Scotty's the best on ball defender of all time. I don't think it matters. Yeah. I will tell you that the caveat in the series actually Kevin Durant's mentality because if Kevin Durant thought the way that Kobe and Michael Jordan did, they would win that series. Exactly. But, but, but I because, think Rodman could get in his head. But, but no, not even getting his head. He's still going to go get his thirty. What I'm saying, if he thought the way that Kobe and Mike did, as in. Kill, kill, kill. Yeah. Murder, murder, murder. Like, if he fought that way, even against Scotty and Rodman, he would go get 40 a game and cancel Mike out. But because he doesn't think like that, yeah, they're not going to win, and you're going to need 40 a Mike. How many 50-point games does KD have in his career? Not enough. Not enough. I can't think of that many. He's very, he's very Larry. I always tell people the biggest comp for him is actually Larry Bird. Larry Bird was the most efficient basketball player who ever lived before Kevin Durant came around. What you have is yeah, he was a, a lot killer, of, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stone cold. Yeah. With no heart. None. None. In a league <laughs> full of black Larry guys. Bird. In a league full of black guys. No heart. Well, he no all, he came up like that. Right. No soul. Yeah. Right. But but play wise would always give you about 28 points, 50% shooting from the field, around 38% from three, about 90% from the line. He's a better rebounder, better passer. The assists are comparable. But what I'm saying is is like KD's game, efficient-wise, well, well, Larry never went and got you 50, 60 a lot, but he always got you 25 to 40, like always. And that's the same thing with KD. It's like, well, KD don't go and get you 50. Mike, you know how many streaks he's had where he's like he's had like multiple like 40 game and 50, 60, 70 game stretches of averaging 20 points consecutive games, like more than Michael Jordan, more than everybody pretty much except for Wilt, because it's like, well, every time he picks up the basketball, he's good for about 20, 30 points and he'll go give you that every night. I keep telling people this. LeBron don't give you 30 every night when he averages 30. Steph don't give you 30 every night when he averages 30. Neither does Harden. They all go have big games that spike and go have stretches or runs in months. This nigga KD will literally go score 30 points every month of the fucking year. Clayton is asleep with the super chat. Appreciate the $20 super chat. He said, Mike, back during the top 10, I'm sorry, back, uh, I'm sorry, back during that top 10 Wu-Tang album episode, you mentioned the Pretty Tony album as being your number three over Fish Scale and Bulletproof Wallets. Do you still feel that way? Man, I need to go back and listen to Fish Scale because y'all have been killing me about this Fish Scale thing over the Pretty Tony LP. I, I personally do like the Pretty Tony LP better, um, but Coop disagrees with me on that as well. I'm going to go back and listen to it because I, I actually Fish bought Fish Scale the first day. I remember I bought that shit. It might have been... Tower Records in Buckhead, because I remember putting it in 
and riding down P Street. But I think that the standouts like Biscuits and um, Holla and um, man, it's just so much that was on the Pretty Tony LP. You know what song I really like? It was the um, it was the song where he sampled where uh, uh, Biz Marquis got um, "You Got What I Need" from. Um, With Missy? Nah, the song before That's- that. That dun dun dun. You got it, baby. That song yeah. is fire. Okay, so that, save me, dear. That song. That's what I'll tell you. <laughs> here's what I tell you. Quick ghost conversation. I think we're all in agreement that it goes Supreme Clientele and Iron Man, though, right? Are we all clear on that? Supreme yeah. Clientele, Iron Man. I don't think One anybody's third? saying anything different than that. I think okay, the third so, spot is the debate. The third spot is the debate. So what I've always told you is that I actually think Fish Scale is better than Bulletproof and Pretty Tony. I got Fish Scale at number three. A lot of people do. He, well, well, Mike, the start because the start off to Fish Scale reminds you of why Ghost is great and why Wu Tang is great. The start off the fish scale goes Shaky Dog. First of all, that's one of Ghost's top five stories. I love yeah. Shaky Dog. Shaky, Shaky Dog is personally my favorite ghost story. That's my favorite ghost face killer story is Shaky Dog. You look paranoid. That's why I can't jokes with you. Why? Why you behind me, Larry? Shaky Dog stuttering. When you got the bigger crook on you, you look crazy. Like, he literally gets into the detail of having the conversation with the dude that he's pulling the robbery with. How many niggas is rapping <laughs> like this? It's like, yo, is this nigga having a conversation with the other nigga he's pulling the crime with on record? This nigga's great. He's all time great. You know, that reminds me of that Hollow Bones verse, man. I love that verse. It is. No, it's very similar (laughs) to that, but it's like the whole full player of the Hollow Bones verse. Right. It goes into Kilo after that. Kilo is a thousand grams. It's easy to remember. This nigga talking crazy on there. He's talking, I feel like I'm on a fat fuck cat woman tonight or something. You know what I'm saying? That was his first Def Jam album, right? It was. I think so. Because mm-hmm. he had the and Neo goes, song on there. Yeah. Mike, then it goes into The Champ, which is one of Just Blaze's most I underrated like tracks. I like this, how about this? That's the track that should pop up on Ghostface Greatest Hits that people don't know is one of Ghost's greatest hits. The Champ is a monster. It is. And then it goes into Nine Millie Brothers, which quite frankly is the best Wu-Tang Posse cut that we've heard since then. Hmm. Not oh. Millie Brothers is the last great, great Wu Tang Posse cut from that time frame. I know, like, like the Purple Tape has. I some was stuff, gonna say the Purple but, Tape too. But no, no, no. When I say Wu Tang Posse cut, as in that's a Wu Tang Clan song, as in almost the entire clan that is alive and living and breathing is on that song. Yeah. As in on some Protect Your Neck Triumph type shit. That's Nine Millie Brothers. But you know what? The last time that happened was on Supreme Clientele Wu Banger One Hundred and One. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's how Fish Scale starts. That's better than everything on Bulletproof and Pretty Tony. I'm gonna go listen to them both this weekend, and I'm gonna reconvene on Wednesday for real. Cause y'all been killing me on this Fish Love Scale. Love Fish Scale. Fish Scale got the um. What, what's the joint on there too? It's got the um. The underwater joint where he like takes on all the comic book and uh-huh. like cartoon characters yeah. and tells a story about them too. No, he's got stuff on there. Michael yeah. Williams with the Super Chat says, what was the better year for Nas? 2002 with Godson and the Lost Tapes? Or last year with KD2 and Magic? Last year. Last year. Well, no debate there. Uh, Nicholas yes. with the Super Chat says, love listening to you guys. Uh, what's the hold up on, with the game album? Game's dropping August 12th. Game's dropping August 12th. I think the hold up might have been sample clearances possibly. I don't know, but it has taken way too long because this shit was 
We've been hearing about Joe Maddox since I think maybe like February or March. No, it's been it's been a minute that we've been having to deal with the fodder about it. But you know, I mean, I, I'm never going to knock an artist for like taking his time. Perfecting as long as it's good, right? I yeah. mean, and here's the thing about it. How about this? It would be different. This is why breaks matter, and who you are and what you've done matters. It's just like well, every year, like like these last two years when we were talking about Kendrick shit, and you was like, I don't like that. It's like, I don't think he's got enough good material, Coop. And I was like, well, I don't know. I'm starting to feel that way, too, because it's taking too long. Yeah. There's a big difference. And this is what I'm saying. Well, well, people are like, what's up with games? I'm, it's like, no, no, no. He's taking a couple extra months, not a couple extra years. <laughs> We've been talking about Kendrick coming out since, like, 2020 or 2019. Right. You know, people were killing you in the comment section of uh, our last episode when you were breaking down how Mr. Morales and Mid. Mr. Mid. Uh, can we good. call it that? I called it some mid because that's what it is. It's not good. Jay Stop Short, the super me. chat says, I'm going to let you get into that, but let me get to Jay uh, Short super chat real quick. He said, is make him say, uh, in the running for a top posse cut? No. Uh, no, because of lyrical miracles, but because of the impact of the energy and the video was some classic uh, uh, no limit shit. It was. That's not even their best posse cut to me. I don't think so either. Nas right. Go said, uh, hey, Mike, Steph has more 50-point games than KD. Hmm. Yeah, I told you. Well, there it is. Uh, like, I have nothing to say about that. There, there are players who spike more. That's what I'm saying. How about this? Of all the great all-time scores, almost all of them spike more than KD. Mm. None of them are more consistent than him. None of them, including Michael Jordan. Including Michael Jordan, like nobody scores the ball. What do you at mean? Consistent. You this mean like shooting mean. wise? No, no, no. I mean like literally when you look at the points that somebody averages per game. Like when they go out, if you were to go take their box score every night and go line it up and then put their average together, like James Harden that season that he averaged like thirty-eight points or something like that. Well, Mike, he had about two months where he averaged like forty. You feel me? And I don't. That really I don't really think that I ever, and I remember watching just about every Bulls game because, you know, we had WGN out here in Atlanta. So we got the Chicago station. I don't think I ever remember Jordan getting less than like 24 points in a game. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, I've saw, no, I've seen games where he scored like 19, 21, 22, but those were the anomaly games right. where it's like, God, they'd be like, Michael Jordan shot seven for 22 tonight, and you would be surprised. Right. But what I'm saying is, is that Michael Jordan's a better scorer than KD. Because he spiked more, but he's probably the next closest person in terms of consistently scoring. But he doesn't go get – not even Michael Jordan goes and gets 25 to 30 points as often as Kevin Durant does. Because what Michael so do, easy Because what Michael do is Michael go score 23 and 21, but then Michael have a week where he will go score 50 every game. Yeah. You feel me? It's like and today Michael scored 50 after scoring 47, after he just got done scoring 41, after he just got done scoring 62. And get right. 45 with the flu. Right. Shit. Kevin Durant doesn't have weeks like that, but every week Kevin Durant be like, tonight Kevin Durant had 27 points. Tonight yeah. Kevin Durant had 25 points. Tonight Kevin Durant had 33 points. Tonight Kevin Durant had 31 points. How many times have you been saying it? It's a story of his career. Destination career. with the Super Chat says, uh, what do you guys think of Set It Off by Snoop? Trans DF Express, Dungeon Family, The Bridge 2001, all underrated in my opinion. I love Trans DF Express, and I loved uh, Andre's verse on there. And You know what we don't talk about enough? Dre and CeeLo do not, they haven't rapped enough together. 
And that's okay, one of the few times that they have. Want, no, what do we I'm have cool. with them? We got thought process. Okay, Dre want that smoke. We got thought process. And, and that's why I was like, when I see people acting like CeeLo's not that deal like that, I think it's because we never heard him and Dre. We didn't, not never. We didn't hear him and Dre rhyme enough during that period where the Dungeon family was the Dungeon family together. I don't think there's ever been a period where it was just them two on a record. Hold on. I want some. I want to just stop right quick because I just heard somebody say MJ has the best player efficiency rate ever. Yes, he does. He does. And I'd like to also point something out to people too. Did you see how Russell Westbrook played last year? Uh-huh. Kevin Durant dealt with that for 10 years and they went to four conference finals in the NBA finals. He's the most efficient player who ever lived, including Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan would not be the PER king had he had to play with Russell Westbrook for 10 years. <laughs> Nas the goat with the super chat says, Am I wrong? No, I want you to tell me, Mike, am I wrong? Well, I don't think 10 it's 10 years fair. of Russell Westbrook? I don't think years? it's... I don't well, think Mike, you lead in any PER things if Russell Westbrook well, on, was cool, his point cool. guard instead of Scottie Pippen. Well, let me let me finish. I don't Scottie think Pippen was Michael Jordan. I don't think guard. it's fair to judge... I don't think it's fair to judge Russell Westbrook based on last season either. He was playing with a different Russell Westbrook than that. No, that's the Russell Westbrook that was playing in Oklahoma City. That was the <laughs> Russell Westbrook that played in Houston. That was the Russell Westbrook that played in Washington. He's been playing the same way the entirety of his career. That is why Kevin Durant left. He was just more athletic in Oklahoma City. Same guy, same four to seven turnovers a game, same 40% shooting from the field, same 30% from three. He was a he was more athletic and a better free throw shooter. Same guy. Nas the Same Goat guy. says, Coop, what are your top ten Nas songs of all time? Top ten Nas songs? Just like off top? Give us five. Uh favorite five. Um yeah, favorite five. Memory Lane. Made you look. The setup. I didn't think you were gonna say memory lane. I love Memory Lane. Memory Lane is what made me a fan. Mm. Memory Lane was the song I was like, oh, no, 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 this motherfucker the best. Um, um, go ahead. The World Is Yours is my theme song, so I'd probably be hard-pressed to do a top five without putting my actual fucking theme music in there. Yeah. So Memory Lane, The World Is Yours, Made You Look, The Setup. Um, hmm, that's hard. I would... um. Death Row East. No, I'm <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I would actually tell you that um, I was really, and this is probably why I might feel the way about it. I really, really loved that original version, the Project Windows that I heard that Nasheem Myrick did the beat to off I Am. The original mm. Project Windows. The Nasheem Myrick did the beat to, not the one that Trackmasters fucked up. You um, know one of my favorite Nas songs, though, that, you know, never gets talked about, and I guess it shouldn't. Um, Queen Queens, I think it was Queens Niggas or Queens Finest that was on that uh, DJ. Yeah, Queens Finest. I love that record. Actually, no, 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 no. Slip I gotta Rick take Chains, the last one. Ill nigga, give Banks the fucking hell figure. Nah, I gotta take the last one back. I gotta. This is what I'm saying is, is like, the world is yours is my theme music, but there's a song that I play every day on my birthday. I make sure it's the first song that I play on my birthday every year, and it's Taken it in Blood. Okay, I figured that's where you were gonna go. Well, that's my motto, actually. The start to that song is actually what my, like, like, the world is yours is my motto as a song, but the start to take it in blood is my motto as a person. I never brag how real I keep it, because it's the best secret. 
That's my favorite fucking shit ever. Canary, what did he say? He was like, Canary... Um, I rock the best, prestigious, Cuban link flooded Jesus in the Lex watching Kathy Lee and Regis. My yeah. actions are one with the season. A tech squeezing, executioner, wintertime I rock a fur, mega popular, center of attraction, climaxing. My bitches, they be laughing. They have all sniffing coke off of 20 shit, Andrew Jackson. Mm. Yeah, that's that's still my favorite shit. That was my life. Like, I was like, yeah, I was like, no, no, no. I was like, I feel like with that. Queens out from public housing comes the one known as the Godson child. Rappers is bowing. Whew. Love that record. Uh, yeah. Lord Lust says, rank Sugar Free, MJG, and Richie Rich as lyricists. Me, MJG I'm going is. MJG, Richie Rich, then Sugar Free. And I'll fuck I'm with Sugar Free. I actually fuck with Sugar Free. I'm actually going to put MJG, Sugar Free, and then Richie Rich, actually. Okay. I ain't Part mad at that because that was kind of tough for me. I mean, I, I think Richie Rich kind of just had that voice and flow. And... He got the flow. Yeah, Richie Rich was nice. Mad it's Max with the Super Chat says, uh, Coop, now stop. I love Katie, but when you look at uh, consistency and scoring, Jordan averaged 30 on 50% for a career. That's not Katie. Katie's not even uh, prime healthy Bernard King as a scorer. Just look at the film. No, this is what I'm trying to tell you all. Look at who his point guards have been. He's had Russell Westbrook and Steph Curry. He hasn't had a point guard. That's why I kind of want him to stay in Brooklyn. If he actually stays with a point guard like a Ben Simmons, or even if he goes to Boston with Brogdon like a point guard, it's like, oh, no, you haven't even seen what he can do yet. Has some like he's Think about it. He's had shoot first point guards his whole career. His whole career. He's played with yeah. Steph and Westbrook. Yeah, that's real. Give but him you know what I will point. say? This is what I will say. I feel like what KD was able to do, though, by playing with Westbrook, he was able to allow Westbrook to take all the bad shots where he could get the good ones. You know what I mean? Well, he learned. I think he yeah. may have learned the difference between the good shots and the bad shots from watching the dynamics in their play. Right. What I would also submit to you, too, is that as he ages, do not be surprised if he starts running the point guard more. I could see that. And I saw that in Brooklyn a lot. When Kyrie was gone, it's like... Well, no, I was like, this motherfucker is still averaging 29 points, but he's getting 11 assists and 8 rebounds. This is doable. Are we going to hold it against KD that he's played with Westbrook, Steph, and And Kyrie Kyrie as point guards? They're the three biggest shoot-first point guards I've ever seen, Mike. Yeah. Give him Chris Paul or a Rondo. He's going to average 40. Well, see, no. If you give him those guys, he's going to have to – you know, take some shots that might not be the best shots all the time. You know what I mean? He's seven feet tall. Take the fucking shot, nigga. That's my <laughs> point, Mike. He, want, he wants guys that are going to go out there and take those bad shots so he can be more selective. You know what I mean? And what I'm saying is yeah. it's time to put the kiddies to bed and stop playing that dumb shit, nigga. Shoot the ball. You're seven feet. That's you're one all of the 10 to 15 knows. best shooters ever. No, he's seven feet tall. He's one of the 10 to 15 best shooters that ever lived. I ain't yeah. trying to hear that shit. It's like, no, nigga, how about you shoot? Jay Short that? with the Super Chat says, I'm late on this, but Nas is the most to blame for the Firm album. You can't be the GOAT in your prime and let that happen. Don't tell me about Wade and Bosh. Nas had the memorable verse on Impossible. Oh, Nas had no memorable verses. Impossible. Yeah, phone tap. Hmm. Well, you know what? We got I that. I do blame uh, Nas for the Firm album. We got that uh, comment in one of our, in that actual post. From one of the producers on there, the glove, the one that was working with uh, Dr. Dre, and yeah. he gave us the insight that Dr. Dre didn't really have his hands on that project. Him and Dr. Dre weren't able logos. to do too much. 
He said too many logos. Too many logos. And, and he literally brought up specifically Lior, who was running Def Jam at the time. So that's Foxy Brown being a problem. And then he brought up Steve Stout. That's Nas being a problem. Then he brought up logos. I mean, there's too many fucking We'll cheats. see, this is the thing. Not enough Indians. If Dr. all of, if, if that's, and I'm pretty sure that's the case, because he wouldn't even, you know, comment in our video if that wasn't the case. With that being the case, I will have to give most of the blame to Nas. We can't give the blame to Drake because he didn't have his hands on it, really. It's his fault. Yeah. He let Steve Stout, he let Steve Stout bring track masters in what's supposed to be an executive produced Dr. Dre affair, and that's Nas's fault. Because if Nas goes out there and says, no, Dre's handling this, then that's what's going to happen. You're damn right. Yeah. Just like that. Yeah. Just like that. Ryan Gillum with the Super Chat says, uh, Crit had a better um, DD album than um, Kendrick. Go back and listen to uh, the Double Disc album. I see, I don't even consider Kendrick's album a like, Double Disc, but whatever. Isn't that Crit album like an R&B kind of album, though? Like, no, no, he's talking about the Double Disc. <laughs> he's talking about uh, Forever is a mighty um, long time. That uh, But yeah, he said Crit had a better Double Disc album than Kendrick. Go back and listen to Forever is a mighty long time. Notice the similarities and notice how Crit did it better. Someone accused you of not liking uh, Mr. Morale because he was talking about mental health or something. I mean, that means that that person probably hasn't been paying attention to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I didn't I'm, recognize the name. It didn't seem like one of our regulars. Right. I'm a big, I'm a super big, big pro proponent of uh, mental health. If people want me to get personal with it. Um, I had my first, uh, a psychology or therapy session when I was about 19 years old, when I was in college at UNCG, it was mandated by the university based on my behavior. Um, I've been in therapy multiple times since I'm a big believer in what therapy can do in the black community. I feel like we get stigmatized by it because we're ashamed and afraid to ask for help. I take mental health very seriously. Anybody that actually follows me, on social media actually speak, sees me speak to a lot of things that involve mental health on a spiritual level, on a relational level, on a hip hop level. So that's just a, uh, it's just a total inaccuracy and falsehood. I think so. the thing is, man, when, uh, when you take on certain topics, no one can critique the quality of the actual record. Cause it's like, when you take on something like that, that, you know, like you said, has a stigma in uh, different communities, if the record is just not a good record, you can't even say that. People will say, oh, you just don't like it because of the stigma. No, I don't like it because the record's just not sticking. Oh, I mean, so this is what I mean. So <clears throat> this is what I mean about like how some people just need to be honest. So when I went to college, part of how I ended up in this, you know, like seeing this person. It's for anxiety because I was a psychology major, actually, Mike. Mm. And I was taking a cognitive psychology course. Now, my professor at the time, and she told me this, she thought I might have been the most brilliant mind in her class. I totally bombed her first two tests and she could not understand why. She asked me to come in and take one of the tests verbally. I literally got an A plus on the same test that I had just failed. I wasn't dealing well with the parameters of school frameworks. Like I just don't, I don't, I don't do, I don't, I don't deal well with like, you know, constructive isolation, 
in group settings where things are uncomfortable. It's like, well, you can't put me in a room full of white people and expect me to be comfortable and expect me to be quiet. Like things are okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't like, see it going that way. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I'm just being honest. It's like, it's 1999. I'm sitting in a classroom in okay. Greensboro, North Carolina, a bunch around, a, a, around a bunch of privileged white kids. I'm coming from the projects out the West side of Charlotte. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's not like it's a little bit of a fucking culture shock. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm used to being on Beatty's Ford Road in LaSalle and like West Boulevard and like going to Willie CDs to like fucking go get my hip hop fix. And you know what I'm saying? I'm used to having to carry a knife, you know, when I go home and I'm used to having to walk to the grocery store to get bro- groceries for my brother. And then you sit me in this room with about a hundred white people and you expect me to function well. And it's like, oh, well, I ain't functioning well in this shit. You know what I'm saying? And the teacher kind of seen it. Oh. And so. That was actually my first step into therapy was just working to eradicate some of the behavioral issues that was affecting me test wise from being in the environment because I wasn't adjusting well. Yeah. Yeah. Eric Terrell, man. Thanks for sharing that too, by the way. Eric Terrell with the super chat says, AZ or Nas on Life's a Bitch? I think AZ got him. I I love both verses, but I think that AZ had an all time epic verse and uh, Nas just had another incredible verse. I think the other thing about AZ on Illmatic is the fact that we got numb to the fact that Nas was just perfect on Illmatic. So when you hear one different voice on there doing some incredible shit, it's going to stand out. And can I say something? It's like, Mm -hmm. well, he's addressing mental health, but he's not doing anything about mental health. That's why that's part of the issue that I raised. It's like, no, it's great writing. Like you're addressing it. You're not doing anything about it. What is he doing to piggyback up off of it from these shows? Or is he doing any ad campaigns? Is he going into black communities and talking about these mental health issues that he's talking about on this album? It's all rhetoric, Mike. I mean, mm. it's it's the same equivalent to as when all this happened to me. They put me on medication for the first time. And actually, it's the medication that actually led me to smoking weed because it's like, oh, well, if you're just going to try to numb me out for a few hours, I'd rather just smoke some weed than take some fucking medication. So I did medication for about six months. And by the time my ass was down in Atlanta, I was smoking for medicinal purposes because I refused to take the fucking medication. It's like, Mm -hmm. what is he providing to the community with this rhetoric? Is he providing any sort of medicinal purposes? Is he providing any sort of piggyback? Is he providing any sort of angles or outlets? Is he providing any sort of treatment facilities that are going to help those who are coming from these inner city angst situations with mental health issues? No, he is not. It is all smoke, mirrors. It is straight talk. This is from somebody who's 40 years old that's had mental health issues since they can fucking remember. I know a fraud when I see one. Well, you know what's interesting, though? When you got such an introspective album like this, you would think that this would be it's the It's not time. that introspective. Well, I mean, you know what I mean, where he's digging into topics that he hadn't been digging in before. You would think this would be the time to actually do interviews. You know what I mean? Like, this would be a great album to do interviews on to actually expound upon some of these, uh, some of his writings. You know what I'm saying? Like, He's not prepared to discuss these things. How about this? He's not expert. He's not prepared to explore the discourse of his lust and infidelity issues live since he likes to talk about them. He's not really ready to talk about them, talk about them. It's like, yeah, you talk about cheating on her and you really talk about the why, but you really don't delve into it. No, no, no. Come on Front Street and really talk about it since you like addressing these serious issues so much and then staying the fuck away. Michael Williams with the Super Chat says, uh, what do you think is the best flow ever? Rhyme scheme. I think Big's verse on Notorious Thugs. You know what? I personally think on that song, specifically, 
Crazy had the best flow on there. I was thinking Twister on Pope Pimp, actually. Jeez. You know, I, I think I was listening to... Had you heard something like that before you heard Twister on Pope Pimp? Had you heard somebody flow like that with that rhyme scheme and pattern and put it together? Because he was going fast, but he was also chopping it up at certain points and slowing it down and then speeding back up and breaking it like he was, you know? I think that's one of the greatest verses ever, in my personal opinion. Like, as far as, like, the timing of it, how he showed up on it, and we didn't expect anything like that. Yeah. Um, Crazy Bones flow. I think I, I don't know what I was listening to, but I think it was East 1999 because that just, you know, celebrated anniversary. I want to say it might have been his verse on Down 71. One of those records, man. Like his flow was just beautiful. Man. Most no, I think it was the intro because we were just talking about the intro. Execution Double Nine. Style. Execution Double Nine. When style. he came in, it's like, man, the nigga just, his flow is incredible. I'm sorry. I love Big. I don't even think that's one of Big's best flows. When you saw it, I read Big, I thought you were going to say like the Total song or something. I mean, there's so many Biggie flows to actually yeah. go to on that album for me that actually kind of precede that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think his flow... Because I don't even think he beat out Bone on their own flow. No, he just was able to adopt their flow exactly. in a way a New York MC of his caliber hadn't before or even cared. Like, how about this? There was something, there was something very humility. There was humility in an endearing quality to big doing that it's saying no 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 i know i'm the biggest thing in rap right now and a lot of people think i'm the best mc but these guys are so dope that i'll pick up their style mm-hmm. for my record on my album because these guys are that dope like new york guys nobody was ever humble enough that was as great as big and, and i'm gonna tell you why they were all greater than big was early big's path was different Nas was really great early rock kim care all these guys really great early big was greater later Mm-hmm. The great big is on 95 on. So you don't hear him like that on Ready to Die. You hear him flash. Mm-hmm. So his appreciation and respect for other artists outside of New York is probably different than all the other top tier New York MCs before him because of that. Ray Realms with the Super Chat says, YouTube Brothers podcast aid in my mental health in a dramatic way. We appreciate that. He said, uh, were you able to read my cash app from earlier? today you know what let me check on that now i know i'll be having my phone off during the broadcast but yeah yeah appreciate the love ray rims um you've always been consistent with it as well you've been following us for a long time man before we even had right. maybe like 50 people in the I room say, he was one of the first 50 people in this room it feels like yeah um i mean i mean ray so that that, that street kind of worked two ways this show helps me with my mental health and my sanity too i actually had lunch with a dear friend today and one of the things that we talked about was healthy boundaries. And it's like, well, I really won't have a drink unless it's Wednesday, Wednesday and Friday when I'm doing According to Hip Hop because I know I'm off and I know I'm free. I'm in my comfortable place. I'm in my happy place. I'm in my safe space and I feel OK. So it's like According to Hip Hop kind of helps me with my mental health issues as well and gives me something to look forward to when things are not personally OK. You know, just truthfully speaking, in the last three, four years have been a total bitch. So. If anybody like, like personally speaking, the last three, four years have just been total hell. So, you know, I've been through a whole fucking divorce. I've moved multiple times. Like, it's been a bitch. Mm. It's been a total bitch. It has been, not been fun. Mike knows a lot what personally has happened. I got arrested last year around this time because my sister had my niece call the fucking police on me while me and Mike were doing a short that is now our Wednesday show. 
this show has helped heal. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It was in the middle of the show. Um, it was literally in the middle of the show. Shout out to Terry with the Cash App, too. And we got you, Ray Rims, too. I didn't see a message with it. But I think he said, you know what? I did see a message. He said, for Wednesday's show, uh, check out my messages. Okay. Well, where are the... Those might be emails. All right. And Terry did a um, Cash App as well. He says, for Coop, Puffy is the fraud, not Kendrick. <laughs> Mad no, no, Max no, is, the is who we thought he was. No, Puff is who we thought he was, yeah. and Kendrick is not who y'all say that he is. That's all that I'm saying. And it's okay. Like y'all think that I'm giving him a hard time. It's not that I'm giving him a hard time. Y'all just giving him too much rope. And I'm just gonna have to keep on pointing it out. And if he would like to step out in public and point out otherwise, he is more than welcome to, but he yeah. has not. We need a Kendrick interview, and not with us specifically, because obviously he's going to go to the bigs. But like a Breakfast they're Club, they're going to ask him any real questions, though. Yeah. Are they going to ask him any real questions? They're not. They're not. They're going to give him right. the, uh, the patty cake questions. Right. Yeah. Uh, Mad Max with the super chat says, uh, "MM is just bad sonically. Uh, we cry together." I was talking about um, Mr. Morale. He says, "Just bad sonically. Cry together is bad music." It was great for the first listen, but it's whack. So when um, Mr. Morale, it's agenda. It's an agenda album with bad sonics and cringe writing. I'm going to be honest, man. I, I haven't really listened to those songs, the ones that we were kind of thrown off by in a good way. The first listen, I don't go back to those. I go back to the songs that sound like songs like N95, um, you know, Silent Hill. Those records, not the records that I want to say sound like poetry projects, but hey. They're just not great hip hop records. Why can't we just be honest? Like, why can't we just be honest about it? It's like they're not great hip hop records because if they were great hip hop records, you know what we do when there's a. How about this? This is what the album is not. Remember our. Think about how we've been talking about three songs off Black Thoughts album that we have not heard yet. That's how you know when somebody's making some great hip hop. Because you and me are sitting up here like, I'm like, Mike, I think Aquamarine might be song of the year. You're like, you like, you got a point. Like, I'm like, I'm like, but Aquamarine ain't that much better than No Gold Teeth, Mike. You're like, got another point there with that. It's like, it's like Mike, the Because Joint with Joey's like fire too. That's the third best joint. I, like, is Kendrick? Why are we talking about Kendrick Joint like that? Because it's not like that. Why can't we just be honest and say it? Why does it have to be because it's Kendrick? We have to give him extra points. We ain't never gave no nigga extra points before. <laughs> because Mike, people are fans, cool. They're fans Rockland, of the people and not the music. Right. When Rocket yeah. came back in 97, I don't remember anybody giving him extra points for the 18th letter like this. It's like, no, Nas and Jay are better. It was like, yeah, in the story. Nobody wants to admit the drop off. And obviously with the, the super chat that came in earlier when they tried to get me for the Beyonce thing. I don't know if people in our chat just are, are trolling or whatever, but it don't seem like people is really feeling the album like that. But people don't, but because of certain individuals that we believe so much in, we don't want to face the fact that we're not going to get that anymore. I had to face that fact with Outcast early. Like I knew it was over, and it's cool. Just remember the times that you had. Even when Michael came with Invincible, I'm like, it's over. I think I start feeling that realization around history. It's over. I felt that way around history. Yeah, I, I was late on the Outcast thing. You know, when 
why why can't we just appreciate what he's already done too? Yeah. It's like you know what I mean. It's like no, there's he's there's got some incredible wrong. shit. No, there's nothing wrong with the catalog that he's already amassed up to this point, even if this one's not hitting like that. And then it also begs the thing too. It's just like, well, damn, are y'all gonna let this dude fail? Because Jay has made subpar albums. Nas, Rakim, it's part of the K-S, game. G Rap, Kane. LL, but the Ice thing Cube, is, cool. Ray, Ghost, all these guys have made subpar albums. It's like if he makes a subpar, it's like, no, he can't make a subpar album. He's our savior. It's like he just said he didn't want to be your savior, nigga. This shit's subpar. The problem is, Coop, he gave them a six year break and they don't want to face the realization that he gave you nothing, yeah. man. I mean, That's if this why. album would have dropped two years after Damn or something, people might be a little bit more honest about it. They're not being honest about this record. Nobody's running around playing this stuff. No. Like, think about this. It's like when you got the post, like I ain't never seen something just no. Where where is it playing at? Who talking about it? Crack Blue with the super chat says, in terms of great albums, what do y'all think was the best year in hip hop? <laughs> Probably 95. 95, 96, wouldn't you say, Mike? 96 was the first one that popped in my head, but the density. Of 95. I think 95 has the components that 94 and 96 has in a nice medium. It like does. 96, it, 96, 96 has, has the haymakers, but yeah, 95 right. is deeper. Right. Nine, like 96 has 94 level, 95 has 94 level haymakers, but 96 level depth. It's like, well, there's not an Illmatic or ready to die. But it's like, well, shit, you got the infamous and the purple tape. It's like, oh, well, that's pretty damn close. Never mind. You do have it. You do have Illmatic and Ready to Die actually the following year. You feel what I'm saying? It's like, well, you got the purple tape and the infamous. It's like, that's about as close as Illmatic and Ready to Die you're going to get. What about 88? What do you think about 88 when it comes to that conversation? I mean, isn't that really more about Public Enemy and Rakim specifically? Like, like, like pull up 88. That's well, greatest adventure. Slick Rick, yeah. Yeah, that's greatest adventures. Follow the leader. It takes a nation, right? Straight out of Compton. Straight out of Compton. It's a lot of stuff in 88. That's top heavy though, Mike. That's what I'm saying. It's a lot of stuff in 88. I want to say, um, by is, all means got, necessary, is that year I say, is that KRS too? Yeah, it's a lot in that year. That might be the best five lineup. I, I want to like, say uh, Big Daddy Kane's debut. Long Live the Long Kane? Long Live the Kane is 88. Yeah. I'm, I, I mean, I think when we have talked traditionally in hip-hop spheres, it's been like 88. 94, 95, 96 have been the definite years, it feels like. 94 was a transitional year, but I don't think it has the depth that 95, 96, well, and Who would take a 94 off? Because I feel like what 94 yeah. really has is Illmatic, Ready to Die, and Southern Playlist. What do you think about 98 fitting in any of that? What, Aquemini, Moment of Truth. Yeah. Volume 2. Uh, Capital Punishment. The real I am. Are we counting um, miseducation? No, we're not. We're not. <laughs> Antonio with the Super Chat says, do you think that Nas will eventually release I Am as a double album in, um, as intended? The 25th anniversary would be a great time to do so. We were just talking about 98. That'll be next year, right? Uh, Brooklyn. Um, it's not happening. <laughs> It says, much love from Brooklyn, New York. Much love to Brooklyn. We love Brooklyn. Y'all are awesome. Your opinions give me another perspective outside of mine, even if I don't always agree with some of the takes. 
What's your opinion on Eminem? No, I'm just kidding. He didn't say that. I said that. You know what? We've had a lot. We had a string of great shows without even mentioning Eminem. What does that say? The Carlo with the super chat says, Coop, Kendrick was literally held as the greatest MC of his generation. And now because of six years off and a mid album, he loses credibility. Listen to what people are saying. Do you understand how delusional they sound? It's like, <laughs> oh, he just took six years off. <laughs> Nigga, he. No okay, one so, takes six years off. Ever. Hold on, listen to this. Hold on, hold on, listen to this. When did, when, when did Section 80 come out? Is that 2010, Mike? Uh, Section 80 is 11, I think. Okay, so we got somebody pulling up in 2011 for certain, right? Yeah. Mike, by 2016, they're gone. And they pull back up with this, and you're making it seem like that. No, that's like, like he spent half of his career on a break. Right. You want to know what it is? It's like, how about this? How do you all rate Grant Hill? Grant Hill is my favorite basketball player growing up. I'm a Duke fan. What Grant Hill's first five, six seasons look like? Great. They look like some of the best basketball work ever, don't they? Yeah, best small forward in the game. Clearly, while Scottie Pippen was in his yeah. prime in the round, Grant Hill was yeah. the best small forward in the game. Mike, I'm going to go a step further. He was one of the five best players in basketball those five, six years. He was great. He was great. I thought he was better than Penny. Yeah, and I love yeah. Penny. Penny and was my Penny go-to too. when Jordan retired, yeah. Right, and I love Penny too. Grant but Hill as far was my as like being an all-around player, like rebounding, scoring, passing. We've oh, never seen anything like that oh, at that position. Better rebounder point. and passer than KD at the small forward okay. position. Honestly, right? man, I know a lot of people don't want to say this because LeBron just physically and athletically is different. He was LeBron before LeBron. He was LeBron he before LeBron. First, he was the first thing that we saw that was like it. Yeah. And he had a better first step. Yeah. Yeah. He was that deal. People forget. He's like, no, no. He was walking around averaging 25, 8, and 8 like it was nothing. It was damn near a threat to get a triple-double every night he stepped on the court. But his time off took away but, from a but, lot but, of that. But, but, but after those first five to six years, Mike, what happened? Well, he got hurt, and he really didn't play regularly for about another four, five, six years. Now, yeah. did he? Yeah. And his legacy took a hit because of that. He was first-team All-NBA, co-rookie of the year with Jason Kidd. First-team yeah. All-NBA. Like, and, and those five to six great years weren't enough to put him – when. You, Mike, when we're talking about the greatest small forwards of all time, is he in the conversation with LeBron and He's Larry not, Bird and, and Kevin Durant? No. Like, for the five, six years that we saw, he should be, right? Yeah. But has he put enough work in for him to be put in that conversation? Nope. Then how can we sit up there and do this about Kendrick, but we understand this about Grand Hill's five, six years of basketball? This nigga rapped for five or six years and disappeared for another five, six years, came back with some mm-hmm. mid. Let's rate it like that. How about that? It is what it is. ED with the Super Chat says, is J. Cole currently the best rapper in the game? If not him, who? What say you? Go J. Cole. J. Cole? Yeah. Yeah. Because because when I'm starting to look at back at it, and here's what this is what I'm about to say. I mean, I guess we're not counting black thought. No. Right. Right. I guess let's keep it modern era. But here's one thing that's starting to happen, too. And even I have to admit this. J. Cole's catalog is starting to age better. I'm not saying it's aging better than Kendrick. That's true. That's true. But these songs, Mike, some of the stuff that we didn't love, we're going back and playing it now. And it's like, no, that shit's holding up pretty damn well. Yeah, you're right. His stuff's holding up really well. I must admit. And I was one of the big people on some J. Cole's catalog can't touch Kendrick's catalog. Because Kendrick album for album was just, you know. Excellent. No, these, but like you people, said, when they talk about how well these songs are aging, 
Like, when's the last time you popped in damn like that? No, that's what I'm saying. I see somebody keeps dropping. Somebody named Cam Porter keeps drop Pusha T in the trap, which I think is funny. I met a white dude named Mike today from Pittsburgh. Mike, this is no lie. His favorite MC is Pusha T. He works in finance now, but he used to move a half a brick when he was in college. <laughs> he told me this today because he, he was like, what do you do? Because he heard me talking to Matt. I was with Matt. I was talking. He was like, what do you do? He was like, I was like, I got a podcast. I started according to hip hop business card and stuff. And he was like, who's your favorite rapper? I was like, Nas. He was like, mine's Pusha T. I was like, that's my number two. I was like, well, what the fuck do you know about Pusha T? <laughs> I was like, how old are you? He's like, I'm 38. I was like, where are you from? I was like, he's like, I'm from Pittsburgh. I'm like, my family's from Newcastle, Youngstown. He's like, I know about y'all. I went to such, such, such. He's like, yeah, yeah, I know all about that. I'm like, but why the fuck do you like push your teeth? Didn't you just tell me you was in financial services? He's like, I used to move a half a brick a week when I was in college. I was like, oh, shit. Uh, so he was listening to Hell Half No Fury for real. No, so he talked. No, Mike, I spit a bar from Hell Half No Fury and he finished it because he related. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is it's like no, the streets got. That's what I'm saying. I sat next to a 30 year, 38 year old white guy today. He used to move a half a brick in college, and it's like you listen to push the way I am. It could finish my push of T bars. When I said make your skin crawl, he said press one button, make the windfall. Mm. Who gonna stop us? Fuck the coppers. The mind of a kilo shopper seeing my life through the windshields of choppers. I ain't mm. spent one rap dollar in three years. How? <laughs> yeah, it's real. Go ahead. All right, Mad Max with the Super Chat says, uh, we gave, well, you gave K-Dot the rope when he made To Pimp a Butterfly. K-Dot's someone that uh, when he's not forced to make real albums, he goes off on the rails. Damn and Good Kid Mad City are the only albums that he made where that were formatted well. I will say that when I listened to Damn, I was more of a To Pimp a Butterfly fan, but I understood the fact that Damn was like, it was connecting better. And it was kind of like him mixing his growth from Good Kid Mad City with the artistic um, growth of To Pimp a Butterfly. But it had the replay value that Good Kid Mad City was giving you, at least at the time. And I don't know how well Damn has aged, though. I mean... I think, the, I think it's aged... That's what I mean. How about this? His stuff is aged well but not wonderfully yeah. cold shit is starting to age wonderfully yeah. like some of that early cold stuff you're starting to hear it now and it feels hip-hop nostalgic in a classic way when you're hearing it now mm -hmm. you know what i mean because it's 2022 so some of that 2010 2012 cold stuff like some of that born center stuff mike yeah no you're right it's, start it's starting to hit a little different now because it's starting to get more of a classic feel to it. it's starting to sound more hip-hop classic and you're starting to see his influence on the spear a little bit more in terms of what dudes sound like and how they format songs together and the vulnerability because one of the things that i'm starting to realize is that cole is actually more vulnerable than kendrick is he is and he'll sit down and talk with you about it too like think about it when he's talking what's that uh what's that joint on forest hill i was just thinking about that song the other day where he's talking about having sex like he ain't had sex before the first time are you talking about uh, wet dreams? Wet dreams. Yeah. Think about it. Think about the line where he's talking about, you know, pulling my shit out, wondering if it's big enough. I'm like, no, Kendrick don't talk with that type of vulnerability. He talks on a vulnerability that you feel like makes him think, makes you think that he's deeper than he is. Cole's actually saying the deep personal shit. 
Like the personal, personal shit that a man thinks when he's pulling his dick out for the first time about to have sex. You feel me? <laughs> I feel you. Pause. Jay, Jay Short with the Super Chat says, uh, outside of Doe or Die, can you make a classic album uh, in that rapidy rap style? M, Tretch, Twister, um, Kumo D. They don't have classics in that style. Even M had to change his flow on the Eminem show. He's right. M's flow had to change. I think that's his best piece of work. And I don't think AZ's... I mean, so, okay, and you want to know what's crazy? You know what I love about AZ's Do or Die, Mike? That is something that was not considered a classic by anybody when it came out because it came right around... Think about this Do or Die scrunch between the Purple Tape and Liquid Swords. Oh, yeah, definitely. So nobody uh, thought it was classic because it's not because 94. it's not than either one of those albums. But... You know what it is? It's holding up the way Cole stuff is holding up. It's like the more you're going to listen to it, it's like, no, 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 that's classic East Coast hip-hop shit right there. Those oh are the things you can't predict, man. And, and that's I, one of the things with with the fact that we review music on the day that it comes out. Sometimes we do have to kind of, you know, modify some of our statements because sometimes music takes on a life of its own. And you just don't know how things are going to age when you hear it originally i'm feeling that way about damn right now like i remember when i first heard damn i'm like okay all of this is hitting but now i don't know i'm not gonna say let that me, about it. let me share something with you right quick since we're on do or die briefly mm -hmm. i was working out the other day and i played give me yours and that's 95 and i thought to myself this is why big started singing hooks mm. Nas has always been the pace setter in this camp to Biggie, to Meth, to all these guys. You got Big singing hooks before Nas singing on Give Me Yours in 95? Because I don't. When did Nas when, do that when, daydreaming over? The, um, daydreaming, stay screaming. That's the I Am session. That's the I Am. That that's, after, that, that, that's Play A Hater time. He probably heard Play A Hater. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, is that Big heard Give Me Yours. Because I just thought about that. I was like, that is Nas singing on Give Me Yours. And yeah. I'm trying to think. That's a year after Illmatic. Yeah. Just give me for the NYC. Give me what you can't get back. That's Nas, right? Yep. Nas Isn't that is that the same kind of Biggie flow that where he's singing on play? Give me, just give me. Like that's that's the saying. Jay Short says, no penny slander ever. Never. We love penny. Ooh, more money, more murder, more homicide, and a mahogany. Light scenery that was lightning and raindrops. I'm tied up in a basement cocaine spot like Bangkok. Mm. Vietnam type mind control. <sighs> D nice with the super chat says Twister's adrenaline rush is a classic. Answer to the last super chat. I, I agree. Think it is too. I agree. I had that shit on tape, man. Um, Inspector with the super chat says Grant Hill was supposed to be the greatest ever. Yeah, he was no, supposed I to be the next Michael Jordan. I thought he was how about this these top 10 15 conversations that we're having the only player that I've seen come along since Grand Hill that I know for a fact is better than Grand Hill are Katie and LeBron and Kobe like for a fact like Katie LeBron and Kobe the only players I've seen since Grand Hill it's like no that got better and a lot of that is just about staying healthy yeah DiCarlo yeah, says so the Black Panther soundtrack and writing for other artists doesn't count no mm doesn't count at all. Well, no. you know what? Let's just say this. Let's keep no, it real. And I know people this? want to bring hold up on, the hold Black on. Panther. Hold on. But he he didn't do a whole lot of stuff on the Black Panther sound. Well, no. Here's what I thought about. How much credit do we give Kane for what he wrote? Right. For Biz Marquis. 
Right. How much credit do we give Kane for what he wrote? Yeah. Hmm? We no, don't be right. walking around here giving Kane credit like that. And it's and, Kane, and who else did he write for? I was about to say, and Bill yeah. ain't the only one that has been rumored that Kane done wrote for. There's all <laughs> Texas smoke and flames fighting right around who Kane may have wrote for. You feel me? Yeah. Yeah. And if you listen to some bars, it sounds like it's a possibility. And if yeah. you look at the fact that Marley Marlowe is a producer on a lot of those records, <laughs> right. I'm just going to say I, less. I don't want to go down that road. I'm not today. going down that hole, but I'm just going <laughs> to say less. If it looked like a duck. Right. It sound like a duck. And it's saying pimping ain't easy like Big Daddy Kane. Nigga Kane wrote that shit. Interesting, All right. right? Ray right. Rams with the Super Chat says, uh, I phase them as uh, messages. Uh I'm, I'm sorry, he said he phrased them as messages because I text them to the website. Uh, Coop's testimonial made me wonder which album illustrated an artist's mental health the most. I know where you're going to go. Go ahead. Can I tell you something? Go ahead. Part of the reason why I love Ready to Die is because I don't think people understand what Big's going through on Ready to Die. I think Ready to Die is one of the biggest testimonies about mental health issues that you'll hear. I thought you were going to go to Diary. I'm not. My my mama got cancer in her breast. Don't ask me why I'm motherfucking stressed. Things Shit, done changed. Change. That's the first song. Ready to die is heavy My mother too. won't give me what I want. What the fuck? Now I got a Glock making motherfuckers duck. Shit is real and hungry's how I feel. I rob and steal because that money got that whip appeal. Yeah, it sounds like he's having mental health issues. Yeah. Can't explain how I maintain the crack smoke Make my brain feel so strange. Isn't it sound like Big going through mental health issues? Yeah. A nigga that's saying, give me the baby rings and a number one mom pendant is on some other shit, Mike. Yeah. Give me the baby rings and a number one mom pendant. I'm yeah, slamming niggas like Shaquille. Shit, shit is, is real. real. Yeah. Mental health issues. Ready to die. Biggie Smalls passing any test. I'm ready to die. What more of a mental health indictment do you want? And then you end with suicidal thoughts. It's literally ending an album with suicidal thoughts. The tone and the theme of the album is I'm ready to die. It is a mental health issue indictment of the highest order. I don't want to live no more. Sometimes I hear death knocking at the front door. I'm living every day like a hustle, another drug to juggle, another day, another struggle. That is the black man's mental health plight in the modern day era. What do you say? I mean, I, I know what it's like. Uh, wake up, fucked up, pockets broke as hell, another rock to sell. People, People looking look at, at you, you like you was the loser, selling drugs to all the losers, bad Buddha abusers. But they don't know what about, about the stress filled days. days. Baby on the way, mad bills to mad pay. Bills That's to why pay. you drink Tango Ray. Yeah. So you can reminisce and wish you wasn't living, living so lish shit. I remember being just like shit. you. Yeah. The you call over the super shit. chat says uh, the whole black community celebrated September Butterfly when it was winning all the Grammys. Now y'all want to call it mid. Just tear him down. Shaking my head. No, no. 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 To Butterfly is not mid. No. I told yeah, everybody. We're totally mistaken what we're saying. I told yeah. everybody, when I heard To Pimp a Butterfly for the first time, I was like, this might be the best hip-hop album I heard since Supreme Clientele. And I still love To Pimp a Butterfly, but it plays like a play. It's very theatrical from beginning to end, and if you listen to it in that way and take it in in that way, you can take it that way. But song for song, as we, the way we listen to hip hop, it doesn't play as well as some of the other classics. I'll just say it that way. 
Okay, so I think the album that it gets comped to the most is Equimini, and it takes a nation of millions to, to hold this back. Go play it next to those two albums. You Watch how it gets blown out the fire. You feel what I'm saying? It's like, so when you want to start, go start sitting in next to the greatest pieces of work ever and like get your feelings hurt if you want to. Well, play like, it next to Supreme Clientele. Hmm? Play it next to Supreme Clientele. You don't want to do that. Mike, I thought about something the other day. And it's funny that you're bringing up Supreme Clientele. Supreme Clientele some other shit. Mike. It is, man. That's that some other shit. We're not going to hear Supreme Clientele again. I realized that the other day. We're not going to hear anything about like Supreme Clientele again. That's special, special. <laughs> like I was actually thinking it's borderline top 10. I think I got it at like 12, 13, 14. But it's like, no, that's a top 10 rap album type consideration. So have and you conceded that it's better than Liquid Swords? I feel the same way about Liquid Swords, but what I'm trying to tell you is like the purple tape, the purple tape's importance overshadows Liquid Swords importance. Supreme Clientele's importance doesn't get overshadowed by another all-time great Wu-Tang album, and so that would give it the advantage. I still personally prefer Liquid Swords, but Mike, even when I made my list, I literally went Supreme Clientele 13, Liquid Swords 14 cuz it's like that. Yeah. LP with the super chat says, um, the realest shit I ever wrote uh, no Pac, not Pac inspired, it's Crack Rock inspired. Crack My inspired. real niggas quotes. Pusher on another yeah. level. That's Keys Open Hell Doors. Have No Fury, Keys yeah, Open Doors. Open crazy. Yeah. Uh, Cam Porter with the Super Chat says, it's called the perfect mix of Nas, and I know uh, Prime Nas is light years ahead, lyrically. And Kanye West? Not light years ahead, and no, don't agree with that sentiment. He doesn't have... I think he's a good mixture of the two. I can see that, but he okay. See, here's from the introspective way, you know, where like you said, he gets vulnerable and in that way. Man, not Nas and Ye are really big stars. I don't think people understand that. Like Nas has an air of mystery and mystique to him, and Ye's just like a rock star of the highest order. And so it's like if you're just talking about the MC work, yeah, but like the star power isn't there. Reggie with the super chat says, "I just ordered both yearbooks, guys. Keep grinding, fellas." Oh, Appreciate that, man. Good looking. Yes, at the top of the chat, you should see that you're able to order the yearbook, uh, the 2021 one. I think we got that pinned to the top, and you should be able to get the digital copy of the 2021 as well in the chat or in the group or however it's showing up. It's not showing up on my end, but 2021 is. I don't know if you see it on your end, Coop. Yeah, it's it's on so, the 20. Yeah, we go on with the whole yeah. theme, right? Uh, Ethan Hill with the super chat says, "Didn't K Dot address his size on uh, We Cry Together?" Okay, that's cool. J Cole just did it like I don't know, eight nine years ago though. <laughs> so I'm saying, you see how these people be fighting for him? It's like I'm bringing up role models from Forest Hills Drive. It's like, oh, talking about something he said in 2022. Michael Williams with the super chat. 2014. It was eight years ago. Michael Williams with the Super Chat says, the other day you were talking about the best four album runs. I think Jimi Hendrix would have had that if he lived. He had the best three, in my opinion. Jimmy's a sad case, man. Like I think you and I were talking about that. I think Jimmy and Biggie's passing or deaths are the most tragic in music history because the ceiling was so high. Excuse me, like... I feel like Pac gave us everything that Pac was going to give us and left us with a lot. But I think that the ceiling was so high for Jimi Hendrix and for uh, Biggie. That it's really sad that, you know, as artists and as fans of music, it's so much music that we just never got. 
Kurt Cobain and John Lennon and Tupac gave us material. Mm-hmm. So the Biggie Hendrix thing is real due to the brevity of material. And just seeing where they were and how they would continue. Well, I, I feel like, well, I mean, when he's saying Jimmy's album, it's like, well, I don't know about classic for the first two. I don't. Just truthfully. We're just Jimmy being was pioneering a lot of shit that there was we coming go. If you want to say pioneering, if you want to say innovative. So, like, the innovative nature and where he was going, it's no telling what he would have came up with. Right. No, and... and, and, and I, wanted, I always that. wanted to hit Big, man. I mean, all right, so after Big was murdered in 97, I want to say what? Timbaland came around 97-ish, right? Neptune's yeah, really came around 99, 2000, like, for real, for real. And I ain't even talking about, like, the Nori record. I'm talking about when people really start utilizing them because they were around, but when they really went on their run, it was, like, 99, 2000. I would have loved to have heard Biggie over a Neptune or Timbaland track, Just Blaze track. Kanye and Biggie would have been great. I think Biggie could have rapped on anything. Anything. But here's what I will tell you is, is that Timberland's pace, I don't think Biggie would have loved. And so I think he probably would have worked with the Neptunes and Kanye more because of the melodic nature of it. This is a big man with a heavy, thick voice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what he's doing on Notorious Thug, well, he's rapping like that on Notorious Thugs because he's not about to rap like that regularly. You get what I'm yeah, saying? I don't hear him on Jigga What, Jigga Who taking it That's on what in I'm the saying. way that he Jay did. We don't do that. Got a like, condom with nothing but condoms in it. Same place with the rhymes of in it. So all I so do, all is, I do is rap and sex. Imagine how I stroke. See how I was flowing on my last set, grab a fire like, like and grab the, the text. text. Jeff Jam, though, never get high, never run out of amp. No, Big don't do that. No. <laughs> no. Right. So Timberland. So Timberland's not going to get not big placements like that. But Neptunes, because of the bounce, because yeah. Big likes the bounce. Yeah. So I can see the Neptunes. I can see Kanye because of the musicality. I told you, Mike. The soul of it all. Like, he, real, I can hear no, big no, look, on... I'm going to tell you. I can hear big on Heart of the City. Me too. The real killer, Mike. Big and Jay Dilla. That's the one. That would have been great. Big no, and Dilla. No, that big and been great. Dilla is what I want to hear. That would have been great. That would have been great. Because I think... What about Dilla big and Dr. Won. Dre? What do you think about no, big think, and Dr. How about Dre? This? I think big would have... I think Dilla's beats emotionally would have bought something more in-depth out of Big that we didn't get while he was here. What do you think about Big and Dr. Dre? I don't too much. I want to hear Big and Dilla, but I'm cool with it. That would be one of those big meetings type of things, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's like, to be honest with you, the way that Dr. Dre has handled the Rakim situation and the Firm situation, I really haven't trusted him handling East Coast artists since. I really wouldn't want him working with Big either. You can't Mm -hmm. be trusted with East Coast artists, quite frankly. Jay Short with the Super Chat says, the best album run is Stevie. Six straight classics. Correct. Cannot argue with that. We do not disagree right here. Ed says, um, what's your favorite album closer? And what's more important, the intro or the outro? Well, I think the intro is more important. I think the best album closer, y'all going to kill me for this one, but I think the college dropout, last call. Still nobody till somebody kills you. Okay, I'm with that. So, so somebody does otherwise. So some, so somebody ends an album with a song better than that and more chilling than that with a better rhyme scheme pattern and better rhymes and a better hook and a better, better name it. 
I'm Same okay with that. That's chilling. Spin into a rap album ever. It's not. I mean, it, for me, it's not even like close. It's like the last song on everybody's album is worse than that. Everybody's <laughs> album. So hold on. You're not thing. even going to entertain "Last Call" on the College Dropout. I'll right. entertain. It ain't hard to tell on Illmatic. That's a great closer too. But again, the story and everything that comes with that college dropout, you know, it's the thing where it's like reasonable doubt, right? Like I think one of the big things about reasonable doubt and why it's held so high and aged so well is because of who the guy became. And I think that when you hear Last Call and where he's coming from with it, where he was at that point, what he ended up being, and just the story that he tells, how everybody played him out, like everything that was in that documentary series on Netflix, he said that on last call for the most part. Like we saw that visually, but we knew the story because he's told us these things before and we've heard it in the music. And I thought that was just such a great close to man, just such a gutsy album. The weird part about college dropout is the fact that it's greatness. Isn't really in the skill set per se of him as an MC. It's in a lot of intangible things that you can't really describe, like soul, like just guts and just taking risks. Heart. Yeah, heart. That album has that has, a that crazy has more heart than any hip hop album ever. Yes. Yeah, it's crazy. Yes. Yeah. That doesn't would... trump with my sycamore style, more sicker than yours. Four, four, and 54 draw has my pilot, steers my leer. Yes, my dear. Shit's oh. official. Only the feds out here. Here's a tissue. Stop your blood clot crying. (laughs) The kid's kid's dog. dog. Everybody dying. No lying. So don't you get suspicious. I'm big dangerous. You just a little vicious. Even the way that shit comes on. As I leave my competition respirator style on the last one. As I leave my competition respirator respirator style. style. Climb the ladder to success escalator style. Oh, no, ain't no better ending to a rap album than that. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's not. Nobody's rapping like that on the last song. It's like, here's a last chin check for you niggas on my way out the door. Right. Esquire with the Super Chat says, if you want to hear Big over Dilla, listen to Busta Rhymes, The Ugliest, Unreleased. I've heard The Ugliest. That ain't what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like some real live, right, like, really sitting Dilla there, Big. Yeah. Like, right. Kong King with the Super where, Chat at least says. Where Big get, or at least where Big get a, 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 a catalog of Dilla Beat CDs like some of these other dudes has gotten. Like, you know what I'm saying? To filter through and be like, oh, no, give me that. Like, I told you, imagine being on 10 Bricks. Right. Right. Con King with the Super Chat says, uh, Kanye got the best album run, y'all. I ain't mad no, at that. Doesn't. No, he doesn't. Hassan Sykes it. says, uh, who would Tupac sound great with today as far as producers? I would like to see Tupac and Kanye once again. Um, I don't think Tupac ever reached his peak of really working with producers, so it'd be interesting to hear him with everybody almost. That was one of the things I thought was about to be interesting about the second part of his career was him maybe, you know, working with people that were comparable to his greatness. Hmm. I'm trying to think. I think, again, Kanye, I hate to just continue to throw his name in the in the pot. I would like to see Tupac I'd and like Alchemist. I'd like to see Kanye and Pac more than I want to see Big and Kanye. Me truthfully. too. Me too. Yeah. I, you know what? Fuck it. Pac and Premier. I think that's an interesting pairing that I would like to see. He's a fundamentally sound writer. He's actually our most technically like sound and proficient writer and poet. Yeah. And that's our most technical, technically fundamentally sound beat maker, like boom, boom, bat producer. So yeah. like, yeah, I could see that working. 
Like yep. like that whole picture perfect. Like the beat to America's Most Wanted. Like Primo could do that beat. Yeah. Picture perfect. Rhythmic wise. Perfect picture. Mama Hoochie with precision mind tissue to get with. Yeah. No, no, no. I can see that. Belimbo with the super chat says, uh, what about Mortal Man by Kendrick Lamar? I love Mortal Great Man. Record. That's my you, second favorite song on Pimp a Butterfly. Yeah, you picked that as one of your favorites on the album. Yeah. It is. I love Mortal Man with when shit hits the fan. Are you still, still a fan? fan? Reggie with the super chat. It's like I was, and then you left for six years and dropped some mid. So like I'm <laughs> kind of somewhere in the middle, just like your album is. How about that? Reggie says Biggie and Havoc. Biggie and Rizza. Biggie and the Alchemist. No, we got Biggie and Rizza. That happened. Yeah, long kiss good night. Right yeah. before you nobody the best album ending ever goes my downfall. The long kiss good night. You're nobody till somebody kills you. The long kiss good night is produced by Rizza. Yeah. Hassan Sykes with the super chat says uh, against all odds on Machiavelli is a great ending. Yeah, it is. I'm cool with that too. Hey Nas, your whole damn style was bitten. And he in the background, nigga sound like Rock M. It's like it's like, oh, it's like it's, it's like I was getting greasy at the end. It's like, oh, it's bad. <laughs> Michael <laughs> Williams with the super chat says, Is Doa Die more lyrical than Reasonable Doubt? Comparable. The de- I don't think How so. about this? This is why the evils is the But not evils, by a lot. I don't think so. The evils in Can I Live is so special. Because it expresses a depth that you don't find lyrically on Do or Die. And so it's reasonable doubt because of that. But reasonable if you just talk about the doubt Marvel, is Jay-Z's like, most lyrical album. Right. But if you're talking about the verbiage, it's like, well, AZ got, AZ got better verbiage, but AZ has better verbiage than Nas, too. So it's like, you know, just don't like slide it over to Jay. It's like, no, no, no. I mean, the verbiage on Do or Die is actually better than the verbiage on Illmatic. And that doesn't make Ilma- it more lyrical than Illmatic because it's not that. I mean... Even rhyme schemes like y'all niggas lunching, punching the clock. My function is to make lunch and lay back. Like, no. No, no. He's rapping. Before before any titty boppers try to stop us, you'd rather put your heads through the propellers of a helicopter. It's like, no, he's got shit on there. You're like, how you say that? I'm just saying like in relation to other J stuff, like the way Jay's rapping on Reasonable Doubt, he's somewhere else on that. No, no, he's... He's, he's one of the greatest MCs of all time, like on Reasonable Doubt. So, like, yeah. DeCarlo says, Mortal Man is the greatest close to an album I've ever heard in my life. Uh, nothing beats interviewing Tupac. That was crazy. That's that he true. Did nothing that. beats a Tupac interview. You know thing. what? That was a great close to a great album. I, and, and again, I think I probably said this on this podcast before. For me, the brilliant moment on To Pimp a Butterfly was the fact that they actually did the research and they were listening to how I actually was doing and people really weren't feeling the record and they chose to put the live version on the album. I thought that was brilliant and where they put it at on the album right before mortal man. That was brilliant because I wouldn't have fit anywhere else on that album. The only hiccup on the pimple butterfly for me is King Kunta. It just sounds so out of place. I think they were trying to force a first single on an album that just really they didn't think All Right was going to do what it did. You know what I'm saying? Like, an album that didn't really have that quintessential single for that time period, they forced it with King Kunta. I mean, I I don't love I, but I hear you. I don't don't love I either, but the live version, I fuck with. You don't even like that? It's dope. That's what I mean. Like everything yeah. else is better. How about the this? live but version I, made the song sound better. I don't like the regular one. The, I don't like the regular version at all. Yeah, the live one made that so. You know what? The regular one. Let's just say the regular one's a six. The live is an eight. 
Okay. And that yes. was a very smart decision to put no, the live I, I on agree that with album. You because yeah. hold on, because hold on, if the original version of the Eye is on there, doesn't that hurt the rating of that album? Oh yeah, definitely. Because you got to like, place on, this song somewhere, and you're not right. going to place this song right before Mortal Man. No, it's gonna. If the regular eyes on there, it's gonna be towards the front of the album. Okay, so I want to say this is like there's a whole people have to understand. There's a whole following of people, Mike. Like you and me, we're forty. There's a whole group of people that's thirty five and under. He's everything. And what I just keep saying respectfully is that, well, no, he's not. <laughs> Con King says. No, listen to what I'm saying. It's just like, think about this. In 1998, no, 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 forget that. 1996, if you'd be like, if I would have been like, man, Nas is everything, niggas be like, yo, you crazy. It's like, we got Pac, we got Big, we got Jay, we got Redman, we got Wu Tang, we got Outcast. Nas ain't everything. That's what people have done for Kendrick because the game has suffered. And it's like, no, guys, nobody's had it like that. And if you guys think that he had it like that, we're going to start dissecting it and breaking it down and really showing you what it is. And that's all I'm doing and what's going on. People have given, no, to whom much is given, much is expected. And it's like, oh, well, if it's holding up like that, fam, let's go ahead and check and see. And we check in and see. It's not holding up like that. You rapped for five years straight. You disappeared for five years straight. You came back with a subpar ass piece of product. These are facts. Con King with the super chat says, "Love how Coop's face completely changes when they mention KDOT." Hassan Sykes says, "Undying love and I dedicate my life is a great album in it." Uh, DeCarlo says, uh, "Bomb first, the greatest intro ever." Fight. I like Bomb first. I like Bomb first. Um, we got another super chat says, "Coop, <laughs> what do you like about Kendrick Lamar?" What do I like about Kendrick Lamar? Uh, yeah, say something nice. Um, it's incredible. Like, it's great storyteller. Like, no, no, no. I think that Section 80, um, Good Kid, Mad City, To Pimp a Butterfly, and To Damn is one of the most r- remarkable album runs in music history. I just have a problem with people acting like people like Scarface and Rakim and Nas and Ice Cube didn't exist and do comparable things with comparable work for stretches of time, even Jay. You feel what I'm saying? It's like the problem isn't Kendrick. The problem is that people from this generation are behaving as if this is the first guy that's come along and done this. And it's like, well, are you familiar with Scarface's catalog? Are you familiar with the first five years of Ice Cube's career, which is better than the first five years of Kendrick's career? He's not even having the best five-year run from a West Coast artist. I think it is uh, noteworthy for me to mention when Damn came out, Coop wrote an article on according to hiphop.com and y'all can go check it out now saying that Kendrick was a top 10 MC. So and like, I still had Ice Cube and Scarface ahead of him then for these very reasons yeah. because I was very clear that their catalogs were still better even when he released Damn. And that's why Damn was live. Jay like, Short, hold on. Go ahead. Hold on. Let's, let's do this right quick. Yeah. Mike, America's Most Wanted. Death Certificate, The Predator, and The Kill at Will EP. And Straight Kendrick's, Outta Compton. And Straight Outta Compton, if you want to go there. Now, let's go Section we 80. We can't not go there. <laughs> he did most of the writing on that. Right, there. he did most of the writing. Okay, so, Mike, so we have Straight Outta Compton, America's Most Wanted, Death Certificate, Kill at Will, and, the, and, and what? The Predator. Predator? Yeah. No, Lethal Injection. 
Lethal injection. Yeah. Go line Kendrick shit up. Let's go. Yeah. Jay Short Section says... Sexual versus straight out of Compton? No, hold on. You want to talk about kicking down the motherfucking door? Yeah. Straight out of Compton or Section 80? It's straight out of Compton. America's most wanted or good kid mad city? Ha <laughs> ha. Ah. For me... I'm going America's most, but if somebody said good kid, mad city, I wouldn't be mad. How about this? How about this? Here's what I tell you. That's a draw to me. But what if I told you death certificate's still better than to pimp a butterfly? Yeah, yeah, that shit's real. It is. Right. No, no. But see, again, right. death certificate so got, is right, in so my lane. So, so hold on. So listen, Ice Cube never gets talked about as the greatest MC of all time. He has a catalog that's comparable to Kendrick's. Yeah. Jay does Short he get says, talked about? Does he get talked about as the greatest MC of all time the way Kendrick does? Uh, he should be, but no. That's all I'm saying about how people got Kendrick overrated because it's like, no, you need to talk about him the way you talk about Ice Cube, where you talk about Scarface. If Jay, you Short, do that. Jay Short says, why does no one seem to want the number one spot? You know who does want it? Jack Harlow. He said that. He got in the Rolling Stone interview and said he wants the number one spot. He said he wants to be the best MC in the game or best rapper in the game, however he said it, for the next 10 years. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like like when you are actually the best. That's what I'm saying. This <laughs> is like, fuck all that. No, I'm serious. It's no, like, no, no, I feel like no, this is what I mean. It's like, I'm just saying I'm what just, he said. I'm, I'm just pulling quotes no, from his I just, like I think people, when I'm talking about Ice Cube, Mike, you and I weren't hip-hop heads enough for Ice Cube's run. That's yeah. second-hand smoke for us. Yeah. But we can go back that and listen to the material. And know what it, that's before, like, Ice Cube's run is before our time. Me and Mike are becoming heads at the end of Ice Cube's run, right? Mike, aren't you right. becoming a head, like, when Death Certificate, when you're listening to the singles on Death Certificate, you're probably becoming a big fan like I am? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, we're at the end of Ice Cube's run, and it's like... Steady mobbing and stuff, you know. You see him on Yolo yeah. TV raps and stuff like that, but right. didn't have the whole album. And really right. didn't even have the mental capacity in 1992 to be able to take in everything that's, the Cube's talking about. That's what I'm saying. When he did the <laughs> West Side Connection album, I was more connected to that album because I was yeah. a full-fledged hip-hop fan when West Side right. Connection made exactly. their album in 96. Bow Down was right. the shit. Bow Down was the shit. I was 14 years old. That's around the same time that everything else picked up Wu-Tang, Nas, and yeah. all that. So I don't miss Ice Cube's run. What a time to be alive. But the way niggas talk about Ice Cube's run, Mike, yeah, like they, they were literally talking... Like, he was the greatest MC of all time. It's like, do all of you Kendrick fans, once again, we got to keep having this conversation. Do you know your history? <laughs> ED with the Super Chat says, is the Black Album era Jay lyrically better than the Reasonable Doubt Jay? It's arguable, in my opinion. I think that his flow might have been a lot more refined and he might have been more versatile in that way. And I think he probably had those capabilities there. But I think that the fact that and he even said it himself during the Black Album that he doubled that he dumbed it down to double his dollars prevented him from being more lyrically inclined than the Reasonable Doubt check. Now whether he had those skill sets and just didn't put them out there, that we don't know that. But as far as what was put down, the Reasonable Doubt J lyrically is still ahead. Reasonable Doubt is still lyrically his best work. Mm -hmm. For me, how about this? The Blueprint is almost his lightning in a bottle moment. Nine of those songs got made for in two days. That's like the Blueprint to me is what happens when somebody who is all-time great gets into an all-time great zone. Now, his zone on the Blueprint is historic. Now, I will give you that. That's what I mean. Yeah. That's 
hold on, that's that Clay getting 60 points on 10 dribbles type shit. You feel oh, yeah. me? It's like, nigga took 10 dribbles, got 60 points. Don't believe I seen that shit. Mike, did you watch the game where Clay got 60 points? I seen that. That's what the blueprints like to me, because it's like I was watching. The, I remember the way KD and Steph was looking at him like, nigga, you serious? He's not going to miss anything. They're like, yeah, you wasn't even barely dribbling. That's what the blueprint is to me. But I think that the Black Album has better flows and better songs, actually. Oh. It's just the blueprint is more of a lightning in a bottle moment that you feel more. I like Jay's delivery more. I like the overall songs a little bit more, like the high end songs on the Black Album. I like more. Then I like the high-end songs on the Blueprint, just truthfully, just I for me. I disagree with you on half of that. Now, I do agree with you as far as, like, him rapping. I like, think, take, you don't I think know he actually rapped better on the Blueprint yes. 2 than he did on the Blueprint. If we just talk about rapping. If you're talking lyrically rapping, yeah. he actually rapped better on the Blueprint 2 than he did on the Black Album and on the Blueprint, if we're talking <laughs> lyrics. Right. But if we're talking about putting it together, like, the flows that are on the Black Album are stunning, but the yeah. song structure and the actual... The actual validity and the weight that the songs hold is realer to me. It's like, that's what I mean. Blueprints of lightning in a bottle. It's like, well, you can tell that he's in a lot of beef. He's trying to build out Rockefeller. He's getting older. It seems like he might be dating somebody new. You feel me? I think the Black Album is his creation. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so I think that the Black Album is more impressive song and flow-wise than the Blueprint. The Blueprint's just a moment. You know what I'm saying? It's got takeover. It's got you don't know. It's got heart of the city. It's got all I need. It's you know powerful. what I'm saying? Yeah. It's powerful. It's got those moments. But it's like the dude that's on What More Can I Say and Allure. Yeah. And, and, and the storytelling on 99 Problems, the flows on PSA. You know what I'm saying? The yeah. lyrical bar work on Threat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The swag on on uh, on get the dirt off your shoulders and, and change clothes. It's like no, he's he's doing a nice ass job on great Black balance. Album. Like you know, he, yeah. It's like he was leading up to that balance and finally got it on the Black Album. Uh, yeah. Reggie with the super chat says, "Fellas, we need five MCs for a posse track. One, who you calling? Two, who's the producer? And uh, who's the first on the track? And who gets the last first? What a complex question. Hmm. hmm. From Do the production... MCs have to be alive? Do the MCs have to be alive? Well, he didn't say that, so you could just... So what, you gonna go big I want Prodigy to start every rap song off. That I, like, I just want to hear P first to start off a rap song. So I'm taking Prodigy. Um, I'm gonna go real generic here, man. I'm gonna go... I'm going to go Nas, J, Pac, Big. They said five. Oh, it said five? Throw Rock yeah. Him in there. Shit. I'm, I'm, and I want... Um, who do I want to start that off? I want Prodigy and Scarface. Actually, I want Prodigy to start and I want Scarface to close. In between, give me Beanie Siegel. I like that. Because when you said um, face, I thought Siegel. Right, immediately. So give me Prodigy to start. Give me face to finish. Give me beans in the middle. Um, I kind of wanted to have some some like, some like feel to it. Actually, slide Pac in right there. I'd slide Pac right in right there. And give me Pac. Actually, put Pac right before face because I still want face to end it. I changed my mind. You put me in a whole different set. Go ahead. Right, right. 
Right. So I got Prodigy starting off. I got Siegel third. I got Pac fourth. I got Face fifth. Give me um. Ooh. You want to know what? The track needs like some sort of switch up. It needs like an outlier. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like those guys are outliers. And so give me the best MC out the Midwest, and that's Common. I'll take Common. Give me Prodigy, Common, Beanie Siegel, Tupac, and Scarface on the track. Okay. Because I, I feel like also, too, the Air Force One track kind of killed like the whole head dream thing because it's like Nas, KRS, we're rocking. It's like, no, no, no. I hear the head thing. I was thinking Cool G Rap for a minute, but Cool G Rap's going to curse too much and say some like extremely violent shit. You know what I'm saying? Well, let me change this up a little bit. I want to go, I want to go Chuck D, Pop. Ooh. Ooh, yes. KRS. Yes. Ice Cube. Yes. I like that. And, you can put uh, Face right there, too. You can put Face right there, too. Face would fit right there, too. He possibly would. I, I want to I wanna make sure but I get But you want every... somebody different than somebody I chose. I dig it. Mm-hmm. I want Bomb Squad on the beat, too, by the way. Oh, I didn't pick. I didn't choose the beat. Yeah, I, yeah. I, got, I, got, I got a dark horse for my beat. I'm going to tell you who I want to pick my beat. You want uh, Havoc. Nope, I want Nasheem Myrick to make the beat. Okay. The guy who made Top of New York, the guy who made Who Shot You, the guy who made the original Project Windows for Nas on I Am, Dark Horse, Nasheem Myrick, author of Who Shot You and Top of New York. I want Ice Cube to start the song off. Um, and I want KRS to close. But I still am missing an MC. Do I put Cole in there? I'm cool with Cole. It needs a little switch up. That's why I put Common yeah. in. You need your switch up. Yeah. Man there with the super chat says, uh, Coop, uh, your whole Kenny's pin too high. He's not cold. I think it's very comparable. I've actually held I've, I've held his pin higher than Cole, so I might you want to know man, what? Kendrick needs another album, man. This Kendrick. He does, I'm gonna tell you much, what he did. Man. I'm gonna tell you exactly he did this to himself. Yeah. When you take time off like this, what I say, I was like, he better deliver for all this time. DeCarlo says, y'all don't like 25 to 35-year-old rappers. I'm still appalled and how y'all disrespected Joey Badass by comparing him to Biggie unfairly. He is not I didn't compare him to Biggie. I didn't compare him to Biggie. He sounds uninspired. He yeah, sounds I mean, comfortable. Biggie never, sound, Biggie never sounded comfortable. He sounded comfortable behind the mic. He didn't sound comfortable with his place, though. This guy sounds very comfortable with this place. It's a solid. We know album. that Joey can do better. That's why we're. Thank you. Thank that, you. That's Mike. the bottom line. I'm a big Joey fan. And I was. I'm not, and I know he can do better, Mike. I expected more. I'm not the Joey fan that you are, and I expected more. So no. I expected to have an album that was going to rock. I don't want to listen to this anymore. I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, it's a vibe. It's cool. But I it's think cool. he can do better. He can do better. Like, how about this, Mike? If I go to like a hookah lounge, which I don't do anymore, and I were like to hear like some of the music in there playing, I'd be like, oh no, no, this is cool. This is a nice little vibe. It's like Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Check out right. this super chat from Ethan Hill. It says Nas took six years off also from 2012 to 2018. Now, okay. what did he do before 2012? I would like to submit something to you. <laughs> what right? are we doing, man? <laughs> no, no, no. Who said that? Ethan. I'd like to submit something to you. It's called Illmatic. It was written. Godson. Stillmatic. Life is good. Distant relatives. Still. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Nas had a. Nas this came was, out. Oh, this is 18 years. He had like literally a whole 18 year this career. Is 18 years into his career. 18 years into now, his career. Now, if Kendrick did five, that, we Kendrick wouldn't even be five saying. years into his career. <laughs> 
That's... And they took a break. And it wasn't a six-year break. Jay Short with the Super Chat says, uh, it's Prodigy um, Apostles Warning Best Verse Ever. No, Nighttime Vultures. Mm. Our man is, he was... at, is that Prodigy's best verse? Mm-hmm. I think Nighttime Vultures is Prodigy's best verse. But I've said that like countless times on this show. Yeah. I'm partial to Nighttime Vultures and I'm partial to any of those verses on Give Up the Goods. Our man with the Super Chat says, Peace. How dope, how dope is Kendrick if he gets outshined by Anderson Pat and John Connor on Dr. Dre's Compton album? I'm going to say less. I don't know what to say about that. Well, I know we got to get up out of here in a second. Hopefully we got to all the Super Chats. This was fun, man. We should do a show like this more often we didn't even get to any of the points that we were going to get to in the um you know that we discussed offline i I mean i guess that's a whole nother show but yeah people kept us busy lp says nah y'all need to chill k dot still topping cold he has more classics more impactful records and even if you don't like it morale still making waves is it though here's what i will tell you (laughs) Is <laughs> at no point. I think a lot of people have been running around waiting for this moment to say that Cole is better than Kendrick. Well, you really haven't heard me say that. And that's not where, what, what I would do. So here's what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to let one subpar album, because that's what it is. I'm not going to let one subpar album totally change the conversation. Yeah. But what I keep trying to submit to people, and here's where people are right. Well, Cole's been trying to kind of change in the conversation himself with his mic performances and his bar work for the last year, steady. Definitely two last years. year. Maybe two. And so what I would tell you is, is like, well, if you go take the offseason into account, you go take that Dreamville mixtape into account, you go take his guest verses into account. Well, quite frankly, this is the best rhyming that's being done by a rapper that's, I guess, under 35, Cole under 35, right? It's the best rapping being done by a rapper under 35 right now by far, because Conway and Nas and Gibbs are all on the other side of that. Mm -hmm. And he's literally, for me, is one classic album away from reversing this conversation. He is. The next album's really important. Nas the Goat says, give me Nas, Common, Lupe, Mostef, and Black Thought. I like that mix. I like that. Uh, LP says... uh, Y'all need to do a spaces and let us chat with y'all. That'd be cool. I thought about doing that, Coop. I thought. Be like well, no, I mean, if, 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 first of all, we are already pressed for time. <laughs> yeah, I know. But what I would actually say is, is, is that for those of you, I mean, you want to talk about the Monday show right quick before yeah, we get yeah, out? Of here? I think that's what we should do. Yeah. I mean, so a lot of you all have been asking, Mike and I have kind of been trying to find the place, the space, and the time to do it. But we're going to do our first Monday show live on august 14th um a lot of you all have been saying that you want to debate us first of all you don't want no smoke with me you're going to embarrass you and second of all you've been wanting to hear live music we're going to work out a subscription for four shows that you'll be able to get through the according to hip-hop website and on those four shows you're going to have our monday wrap-up about whatever news and events mostly album reviews but we'll be able to play music one of the things And this is what I mean you can look forward to. Well, one of you gave us a super chat last week and said, what's the better verse, AZ on Life's a Bitch or Nas on Verbal Intercourse? Oh, we get to put that live and break it down for you on the Monday show. So we can get into those type of discourse and dialogue where we can really check the rhyme, check the beat, 
Uh, part of the rationale for making uh, August 14th our kickoff show is because we have one of the game's best East Coast MCs and West Coast MCs dropping albums on the same day. Black Thought and Danger Mouse are dropping cheat codes, and the game is dropping Drillmatic. And so we figure what a better and more appropriate time than to start being able to play music live and break down what we think are going to be two of the best rap albums this year. And we uh, like to thank you all for your support and for taking this journey with us. And we hope and pray that you keep on supporting us. We're going to have the subscription links up soon. Just be patient with Mike operations wise as we get things built out. But for, uh, you know, a small price and, you know, a lot of you all who are super chatting can kind of just look at it. It's like, well, I might just take my super chat to the subscription and, uh, you know, get four extra shows a month that aren't going to be available on YouTube. And I'm just going to be honest with people. YouTube takes 30%. <laughs> Man, YouTube that would do. Yeah. That's it takes 30%. When you super chat us, YouTube eats 30% of that immediately. <laughs> right. Before Man, we see it. Yep. Man, that yep. with the super chat says Beyonce's new album is super trash. Poor, pure. Is that in my opinion, mediocrity? Poor, pure mediocrity. In my opinion, I'm gonna go listen gonna go to listen it too. DiCarlo says, uh, "Biggie, Styles P, you got Tyler and Black Thought." Interesting. Um, I wonder Ooh, who will produce I got, that. I got one. It's like um, Big Pun, Cool G Rap, Twista. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like Tretch. Big Pun, Cool G Rap, Twister, Tretch. Give me one more. Mm. Um, crazy Bone. Crazy Bone. Okay. Crazy Bone. I can yeah. see that. Yeah. And yeah. on that note, man, we out of here, man. Y'all have a great weekend. Great show, man. This was fun. We should do this more often, like I said. We ain't even get to talk our shit. Oh, one more Super Chat before we get out of here. Somebody said, damn, YouTube is straight gangster. All right, it says uh, Coop knows that Kendra Lamar is is a uh, is a treat. K dot coming for your top five. He probably meant threat. K dot's great. He needs another album, man. He need to come back to back. But I do want to say this too. Hey, can we at least shout out Wiz right quick? Because like, yeah. here's the real conversation. Let's talk about the conversation we want to have. And here's something <laughs> to leave people with. Can y'all tell me outside of Mary and Jay-Z how Beyonce has contributed to hip-hop culture to a degree that every rapper in the summer of a great rap year is scared to drop on this day? Because that's what just happened. We're, we're sitting up here having an open-ended show because there wasn't any music to really review outside of Wiz dropping his album because everybody cleared the decks for Beyonce. Mm -hmm. Beyonce's following isn't even a, a base of a hip-hop following. I'm going to say what somebody told me behind the scenes. It's mostly black women and gay black men. And that's really not the main audience for people who buy hip hop records or even the people that follow this. And I know it kind of crosses over. And we're accepting of everybody and everything. But while everybody is actually giving their personal takes on this album, I want actually people to actually think about what is Beyonce's place in this hip hop space. She doesn't do features for your favorite rappers like a Mary J. Blige or a Faith or, or even a Mariah Carey. Or even Mar Mariah got more work in the hip-hop game than Beyonce did. She got Old Dirty Bastard on Fantasy. She got The Locks. She, she got Nas. Mob Deep, Method she got, Man and you know, Red Man. Think about it. She got, think about this. She got The Locks, Old Dirty Bastard, Nas, Jay, Mob Deep. Now, who has Beyonce worked with in the hip-hop sphere outside of Slim Thug that doesn't say Jay-Z on? I guess what? Does Wayne and T.I. count for Destiny's Child on Soul? Well, that was Destiny's Child. Yeah. 
Right. That's what I'm saying. And so like, when people are talking about her in the space, we just need to start auditing these spaces, probably understand it's like, well, she really doesn't even belong to hip hop culture like that. And it shows in the music. She's not a part of fabric of this hip hop culture for the last 20 years outside of who she's married to. Yeah. And that's OK. But on a day where she drops and literally no hip hop artists are dropping because they're worried about they're going to be affected. It's like, fam, the person is listening to her album. It's not, not about to really you. affect your sales because she ain't really in here like that. And that's the weight that her man has in the game. And then you got Questlove out here calling her album off the wall. Cut it out. LP with the super chat says, uh, then this is my last super chat, LOL. Cash app, look, LOL? Yeah, sure, go ahead. Look, look, he talking about that album's off the wall. No, that nigga on the ski slopes. You feel me? <laughs> right. Ethan Hill says, uh, the U.S. Census says that Virginia and D.C. are considered the South. So I think both top 25 MCs lists are wrong. Sounds like sounds like Pusha T's making that list. All right. Sounds well, like who in DC should have made the list? Wale. All right, Wale. Yeah. No, no, no. We'll slide Wale in. No, no, no. Wale's top twenty-five to me if he if he's considered southern. All right. Well, we're gonna holler at y'all Wednesday. Y'all have a great weekend, and it'll be more details on the page. Follow according to hip hop. Uh, subscribe to the page. Follow Coop on Twitter. I know y'all want to go back and forth. I need to go ahead and get me a Twitter so I can jump back and forth as well. You do. Hold on. Follow me on Instagram, too. You get to see okay. how I'm really living. A lot of y'all think that it's a game. It's like, no, no, no. I'll be like, like, like what I talk like on here. It's like, no, no, no. I'll talk live actively in my life afterwards. Follow me on IG. What's your IG? Colin Damar. Where it is everywhere. My name is Armad Colin Damar Cooper. When it's like Colin Damar popping up, it's like, no, that ain't no like super fancy writer name. That's the name my mama gave me. You know, my name's Armad Colin <laughs> Damar Cooper. Colin Damar. Yeah. All right.